can hear you now. Can you hear me? See me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. I like your studio, man. <laughs> so it's a, it's a real DIY. You know? Not a yeah, I heard you say you like pulled the insulation out of like delivery bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, like uh, Instacart, how when they bring uh, groceries that are frozen or whatever, I just open those up and pull it out. And that's what that is. Nice. So I, I, I love don't, it. I don't know if it, it actually does anything, but it, I felt busy for a little bit. So, you know, busy, <laughs> feeling busy means you're productive, right? Like like a hamster on a wheel. Yeah, that's awesome. Is this oh. in a different room than your uh, your shrimp tanks? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, for my shrimp, uh, the, long story short, they're all dead right now. <laughs> well, I, I guess they're all dead forever. But uh, so uh-huh. I, I built a, I got one of those greenhouses. Uh, it's like a, just like a DIY. Well, I guess it's not, it's self-assembly. There we go. Self-assembly okay, yeah. required. It's like they send you the poles and then the plastic and then you mm-hmm. uh, put it over. So I had a bunch set up in there and I had it set up for aquaponics. Um, but my, uh, the pump system, I kept, it kept getting uh, clogged. So then if, uh-huh. if I didn't go out and check it every day, uh, then the, the water flow wasn't going. So then they weren't getting oxygen. Oh. So they kept, they kept dying. Fun. And then uh, during the- Did you the get hot- to eat any? Uh, no. Oh, well, out of this, the first batch, I had a couple that got big enough to eat. But this, this uh-huh. so that was like my test batch when I was just doing them in tanks in the house. And then out of the ones uh, that I did outside, I ended up no they like I, I, the the they all died <laughs> the, the, the 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 water kept it quit pumping so then they stopped getting oxygen and then they died uh-huh like, that's I'm bad to, man yeah i have to reset it ran it ran for a little bit but <laughs> every once in a while i have an idea of like you know starting a garden or just doing anything like that but i usually end up killing the stuff so <laughs> yeah there's, there's a lot of um <clears throat> what do you call it uh learn as you go with with my projects i think so yeah um but uh yeah my, my plan is uh, to buy a house this summer and oh really I, cool yeah right now i'm renting so a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff i've gone to the point i minimized all the stuff that i have like even i had old furniture that was falling apart so i just got rid of it now my living room it's all uh like gym mat you know those like uh uh foam mats in the mm-hmm. gym so now that that's yeah. my, my living room is just like all foam mats and uh and then i have like a little uh like mini sauna <laughs> steam sauna uh-huh. so now i just <laughs> made the living room is now i just made as like yeah, that's just what i do uh especially now with covid so i can it's do like, like your my, personal gym yeah well i do like my uh stretches and physical therapy in there i built a uh-huh. covid g- gym out in the back porch I'm always doing some kind of project. I can't sit still. That's but, nice, man. <clears throat> but yeah, sorry, I went on. Tangent. I've been tr- I've been trying to do like more, uh, like DIY car repair. So, like, oh. I, I watched YouTube and figured out how to change my oil. I watched YouTube and figured out how to change my brakes. Oh, okay, brake yeah, 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 yeah. What do you have? A uh, like a specific auto 
a YouTube on a YouTube guy on auto or dang, I can't even speak there's, there's a couple of different it's it's been weird. Like I've been watching probably too much YouTube lately, but <laughs> there's so many really talented, amazing people who oh, are yeah, just yeah. posting stuff on YouTube. So there's this guy named yep. Chris Fix. And Chris, he's Chris post- Fix? Chris Fix. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. And he's posted a bunch of auto repair stuff. There's another guy named Scotty Kilmer. He's posted some auto repair stuff. But like sometimes you Google like your your specific model of car. Like, how do I change the oil on a 2002 Honda Civic? Yeah. And then somebody has that specific car even on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think doing that stuff for yourself is really cool. You can save money, and then it's something interesting to do and learn for sure no no i definitely agree i do that (laughs) i do that too i think uh for most things and it's funny too to think about because like when i was a kid i'm trying to think about how people figured out how to do (laughs) or did people just (laughs) know how to do stuff like because my dad taught me how to do like change oil and uh brake pads and stuff so i guess his dad taught him or something but like nowadays it's like literally anything like sometimes i'm google stupid stuff just like uh i don't know how many marbles would fit in a ketchup bottle or something stupid like that Uh but it's like all that stuff is just out there (laughs) but uh yeah yeah, i'm a a fan of the the youtube diy stuff yeah there's a lot of cool uh channels uh that are on there that have you run into any any uh anything you tried to like youtube and then you're like no that that I'm not doing that or it didn't work. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's beyond my skill set. Right, right. Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My bigger problem is I'll just like get sucked. In. I mean, with YouTube is always recommending, you know, more videos. Yeah. And I'll just sit and watch YouTube for hours. If like, I don't have something else to do. Yeah. And, you know, at a certain point, it is helpful and you're learning something, but even for educational stuff, you can get to the point where it's like, okay, is this really helping me at this point? Or am I just, you know, using, getting sucked into something? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, like in the Matrix, when he plugged in, when he only plugged them in, he's like, oh, I learned Kung Fu. But it's like, yeah, easy to get on those binges, except it's not instantaneous for us. It's, <laughs> it's, it's actual real hours. <laughs> well, I don't know if you have specific, like, things you want to hit for this interview. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, it's pretty open-ended. Uh, and so I guess we don't have to get into too many specifics. But I'll say, like, how we came about knowing each other. We had kids that were uh-huh. on the same sports team. And yeah. I think we just kind of randomly, I don't even remember what our first conversation was. And the sporting events that we went to, they were all day affairs. I was going to say yeah. hours, but they're literally all day affairs. Like get there in the Literally morning. eight or 10 hours. Yeah. So a full day. But uh, I don't remember when we f- ever first had our first conversation, but somehow we just both started talking. I don't know, we might have been like, Hey, have you ever thought about how long it takes to get to Mars? And you're like, yeah, man, I thought of that. <laughs> and then we just started talking about SpaceX or about, you know, uh, geology or something. So I, th- I think we kind of, uh-huh. we would just nerd out for hours on on all kinds of different stuff. And that's, I don't know, we, 
Oh, and then I guess also we have a shared past. We found out that we're both uh, former LDS. Like for, we grew up in the uh, Mormon LDS church. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's always interesting well, to, to meet someone that's on that, had that same similar experiences too. Well, I was thinking about how we met as like, you know, we scheduled this interview. And then I listened to your interview with Broken Jarhead. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Shout out him. And you all t talk about like, you know, just anxiety and social anxiety. And growing up, I was super duper shy. Mm. But then when I started my new job in, in Washington, D.C., when I was living there and met you, I was like, okay, like my anxiety has prevented me from connecting with people. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start talking to people. And even if it's awkward and even <laughs> if it's weird, like, I'm just going to push myself to do that. Yeah. And going to those events, that was a situation where it's like, okay, I can sit here and be quiet and, and, you know, just not talk to anybody. Cause I feel a little bit anxious. I feel scared about talking to people. I don't know, or I can try to strike up a conversation that may or not may not go anywhere. So I was not expecting to like run into another guy who had been on a mission and who is now, you know, not LDS. So like, and I think we were maybe a half an hour, an hour into our conversation when it came up. Yeah. Cause I, I had like, I'd like said, Oh, I grew up in Utah. And then that's usually a signal for anybody yeah, right, right. who's been around Mormons, <laughs> but like I didn't pick it up. I, I, yeah, I didn't pick up on you until I think you brought it up with me. Cause like you don't expect to run into somebody with that same experience in Washington DC of all places. Right. Right. And, and I'm for sure. I probably said fuck and stuff like that. So people are, <laughs> they, I don't think, I don't think anyone ever meets me and they're like, I wonder if this guy is, is Mormon or not. <laughs> uh huh. So, well, and like the other thing is, you know, you talk about how we would just nerd out on our conversations. Yeah. Usually, I, I'm like into conspiracy theories and science and just, yeah, history, all this stuff. And then I was like, oh, this random other parent is actually <laughs> into that stuff. So it was funny to, to connect. Right. Yeah. In a yeah. crowd, you don't necessarily expect to find that many commonalities with them. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny to me, like how many, I, I, there's like uh, multiple different layers kind of where we, I feel like we kind of like connect or we have uh, similar experiences or thoughts on. And I think it's just uh, like a general, we kind of both have a general curiosity and mm -hmm. um, I don't know for a lot of some people, I don't know. It seems weird, weird to them to, to be curious about things. Like a lot of a lot of people that I meet are kind of like, no, this is how people think. This is why would you try to think about it differently or approach it a different way? And part of that, <laughs> I was talking to one of my buddies, Robo. I, I don't know if I told you any stories about him, but I talk about him on here a lot. I'm gonna have him on mm -hmm. eventually. But he, uh, I was talking to him the other day, <laughs> and I was like, sometimes I feel like, like I'm, uh, you know, like on the spectrum, but everyone's just too uh -huh. polite. Everyone's just too polite to tell me. <laughs> there's so many times I have conversations with people and I'm just like, man, we are, I feel like they're, they're looking at me like I'm just like this weird thing or like I don't make sense to them or they're like, oh, 
poor baby like uh-huh <laughs> so i'm like sometimes like am i like i guess i'm weird but i don't know where i land on the spectrum but maybe maybe i'm like somewhere where people are just like you know social convention it's rude to point it out so <laughs> i don't know I do mean, you ever get that feeling where you're like man i just sometimes i feel the way i, I think about things is it's not like popular i guess or or on track i definitely i definitely feel that i think differently than other people but I mean, in terms of you saying like, oh, do people think I'm on the spectrum and I'm, they're too polite? Like, I have some really weird friends who <laughs> definitely don't have like the social skills to, <laughs> to carry on a conversation. And they're, they've also probably haven't thought about that question. Like, well, well I don't know about that, but you're pretty normal, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you can carry on a conversation really well. You're but like in terms of how thinking about the world differently, like, yes, I run into that all the time because I'm talking to people and then in the course of a conversation, I'm talking about like AI and computers taking over the world and Jeffrey Epstein and the government, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And other people are like, what do you talk? Like, why do you care about this stuff? And I'm like, this is the only thing that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, like, these are the most important things. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, yeah, it's so crazy. Uh, I feel like the same way, because there's a lot of things where some people, so coming at it from the other side, like uh, some people mm -hmm. are like, oh, hey, did you see like the latest thing about the Kardashians or whatever? whatever? Um, uh -huh. No, I, I did not see that. Like, oh, yeah. but this one, Chloe's this and Nicole is or whoever and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why? Uh -huh. I, for me, I was like, I, I'm trying to figure out why it matters to them, because uh, it doesn't matter to to me and i'm also a person i like to watch people and observe people but i feel like in the first 10 minutes i'm over you know the whole uh what are those the the whatever why real housewives type oh yeah it's like it's like whole shows that are just kind of about like social pageantry uh-huh uh, and just and, like drama between yeah. two people for me yeah, it's it's kind of like all right i get it uh yeah there's drama there do we have to keep watching it like <laughs> But at the same mm -hmm. time, I watch a lot of MMA, like combat sports, like even like jujitsu. Well, I was or just gonna ask you, like, do do you watch, or do you get into sports, like NBA, no, college basketball, anything like that? No, I when I was younger, I used to, but it was really uh, only like a social thing. So like watching mm -hmm. football, like when I was active duty, we all do it. But for me, I never really liked watching. I liked, I grew up playing sports. So I liked, mm -hmm. I liked doing sports and being competitive and doing athletic things, but I don't really like watching just regular sports. Cause to me, it's just like, I'm watching someone do physical motion. It, like, would you go to the gym and watch someone lift weights? I don't think <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people, I mean, some people do, but I don't think you would for like an entire season, you know what I mean? Like every yeah. weekend, watch this guy do his workout. Uh, and to yeah. me, that, that's how I feel. Uh, like watching like uh, NBA or NFL or anything like that. To me, it's kind of like just watching people work out. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do, I like watching the Olympics cause it's, for me, it's kind of a different level. It's like watching people trying to be the very number one human being in that exact mm -hmm. kind of event. <clears throat> so Excel I get Excel in their area. Right, yeah, so I, I get into mm -hmm. that. And then I watch combat sports cause to me, uh, those are like the ultimate expression of, of physical competition because it's like literally one person trying to over physically overcome another person and it's it's that kind of like 
chess match going back and forth. And yeah. in my head, I can apply that to real life. <clears throat> but I mean, well, uh, yeah, you talk about like the pageantry yeah. of certain, certain things that people get wrapped up in. And like for me, talking about how sometimes I feel weird or different than other people, like I also am not that into sports. I forget that sports exist until I start talking to other humans and other men. Right. And then and I'm like, oh yeah, sports is a thing. Like people really like their teams and they really get into it. And I enjoy sitting down and watching a football game. Like if a football game's on, I enjoy watching it and I enjoy right. watching, you know, people do these really incredible things. For sure. But in oh, terms yeah. of like the narratives about certain teams and certain players and <laughs> like I just don't get it on a certain level. <laughs> right. And I, yeah. And so I guess uh, in the same kind of vein as that idea, I think maybe, all right. So I think I can say, I, I understand not logistically, but uh, what is the word? Like conceptually, like the structure, mm -hmm. like people, being interested in sports like I can understand the understand it conceptually but it, it just it doesn't have an appeal for me so when I think about it, I'm trying to approach like what is it then I start thinking so this is what I think about when people talk about sports then I talk about mm -hmm. why do people watch sports then I think about the athletic uh movements that are incorporated into it and then I think oh running fast and then going back to people living in the like hunter gatherer time. Then I think about, oh mm -hmm. yeah, there's a time when people had to run after animals and they had to hunt like pack animals and work together and coordinate. And uh, then I think about, oh, maybe it's like something, cause in our DNA, everyone that's alive now is because people, whoever came before them was really good at running and jumping and catching and finding berries. So I feel like it's, <laughs> it's kind of like that trend. So that's what I started to think about when I, people start talking to me about sports. So I'm like, oh yeah, where did that come from? Why do we do it kind of thing? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that's where we think similarly because you're like breaking it down anthropologically and evolutionarily. Right. And that's, that's like, I, I have thought similar things. It's like, oh, people, you know, you, it's a chance for you to go and be part of all of this energy yeah. and, and like, belong to something bigger yeah, than yeah, yourself yeah. and and so but like yeah when i'm sitting down and talking to a new person you're at a party or you're, <laughs> you're at your kid's school event and you're sitting down next to a parent like that's what a lot of people do you know default to and then i'm like oh i don't really have that i have enough where i can like fake it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I know enough sports terms and like enough about sports that people start talking about certain players and certain teams and I can like push the conversation on. Right. But yeah, my bread and butter is like the stuff that you just brought up. Like, oh, why, why do humans like sports? Like, what is it about it? Oh, evolutionarily, all this stuff was going on. Right, exactly. But I Well, one thing I would... Oh, sorry. Do, uh, if I can change the subject, one yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that I've been thinking about in terms of humans 
and just some of some of the conflict and some of the drama that we even have when people talk about ideas because mm -hmm. I, I i don't know growing up growing up mormon i don't know how hardcore your parents were hardcore. but for me the most it, the hardest the hardest of course <laughs> <laughs> my dad is in the marine corps so he's a marine corps officer so it was like uh -huh. double it was just discipline on both physical and spiritual discipline all day long uh-huh <laughs> so like you were reading scriptures every day every morning we read scriptures yep. every morning mm -hmm. family prayer every morning every night family home evening every monday uh church or the church youth Sunday. activities on wednesday wednesdays but for me that mm -hmm. was like freedom getting out of the house so going to boy scouts and then <laughs> and then youth activities on wednesdays was like that was my socializing so the, yeah the, the most hardcore if uh well, sometimes like since i've been i haven't been meant so i've like left the church mentally 10 12 years ago now mm. um and it got I, I have enough distance now that sometimes i forget how hardcore it was so then people are like oh like what is it and i'm like well you know you go to church every sunday but it's three hours and then you have a weekly activity and then sometimes on saturdays you show up to clean the church and then you pay 10% of your money. Service projects. Uh, and what's the other thing? Like all the priests are like, when you're in the priesthood, you go around and you do, you Fast visit. Offerings. Oh, home teaching. Home teaching. There we go. That's the other one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's also home teaching. Yeah. And then if you have a job, a job in the church calling, yep. you're basically doing another part-time job yeah. <laughs> on top yeah. of everything yeah it's pretty much yeah pretty much everybody has a a billet or a yeah a job um because i think that's part of it too it's like right after like someone gets baptized like the first thing they do is give them a calling mm -hmm. uh, or that's what for people that don't know that's the, the job or the billet you get a calling like you're like all right on sundays you're gonna i don't know hand, set up the hymnals or something there's always there's always something but it's something that to so that you're constantly you know, have a responsibility or you're participating or contributing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so it's, I mean, it's very, it's a very hardcore religion. And usually if you're in, you're all in. It's the Marines of Christianity, I, I always tell people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And so, yeah, growing up, like I was constantly, you know, reading the scriptures and putting in my mind this idea that uh all of these things happened historically like joseph smith in the 1800s he found this gold this set of gold plates and then god sent him angels and taught him how to translate it and all this stuff or the, the like, urim like, urim and thummim the urim and thummim I, I have so <laughs> much like mormon knowledge in my head i wish there was like a game like there was something i could do with it i mean obviously i could go to church with it but no, you, you got a lot of cred when you when you meet other mormons <laughs> yeah i always bring <laughs> up the weirdest mormons. the weirdest questions with uh whenever i meet someone that is like active or formerly was or especially like uh -huh. my buddy i don't know if you i did an episode with him good mormon bad mormon uh oh, one of my buddies that, that yeah i grew up uh we were in like from fifth grade through uh ninth grade when i lived in virginia mm -hmm. we were uh best friends and he, he's still active and yeah. uh so I always have like these weird thoughts 
because I have all this Mormon knowledge, but this not this not Mormon mind, <laughs> which yeah. got, got me in trouble at like uh, in seminary class, like all my classes, because I'd always ask questions. I'd be like, well, what about how come there's dinosaur bones then? Like I had uh -huh. one, I had one teacher. She was like, well, those dinosaurs didn't ever live on Earth. Earth's not millions of years old. It's because the uh, it's because God uh, brought he he created the earth using pieces from all over the universe and i was like so you think there was another planet where dinosaurs were alive and he grabbed handfuls of dirt from there to make earth and that's where those bones came from is that what you're telling me and you're uh -huh. like it's possible that's it says in the bible you use pieces from all over the year i was like so then there was life in other worlds and then they're like well it says he's created worlds upon worlds and then once you're uh -huh. like trying to make sense of it then because for me, like a lot of really religious people want to be very literal about certain parts of religious mm -hmm. texts, but then on other parts where it like actually clashes with science, then they're like, well, oh, well, then it's like, or maybe yeah, you should like, just have why faith. Why do I need to explain it? Yeah. Stop asking questions. You should have faith. Pray about it for yourself. It's like, why are you my call me, saying you're my teacher? You're teaching me. You don't teach me to ask questions. You're just teaching me to mm -hmm. to uh, regurgitate and and eat whatever you're you're feeding me. I'm like, all right. I mean, if that's the game we're playing, let's be just be honest about it and say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's maybe also how you're different from other people because a lot of I feel like a lot of people are like, why are you why are you asking these questions? Like these are stupid questions. <laughs> to me, I'm like, why aren't you? But, like, even if, yeah, exactly. Let's say. If, let's say Yes, if what you believe is true, then why are you threatened by questions? You know what I mean? If you're confident in what you believe, it, it, my questions shouldn't shouldn't threaten that. Is how mm -hmm. I feel. That's how I kind of approach things. Even with my thing, there's plenty of stuff that I'm sure uh, that I ways I think that are wrong or you know off skew or incorrect. And I'm, I accept that possibility. And the only way I'll know is if. I ask questions or other people ask questions. I'm also not saying that I don't get frustrated when people ask me shit, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm willing to engage in that kind of, you know, discourse. I'm willing to, to, to find out that the shit that I'm saying is wrong. You know what I mean? If that makes yeah. sense. Well, <laughs> and like going back to evolutionarily, it's uncomfortable to feel like you don't know things, right. and that you don't know how things are going to play out. And so, if you are part of this group and the group is like, hey, we actually know everything. We know all the important stuff and we know exactly what you're supposed to do. And we have all the answers. Here they are. You don't have to worry. You don't have to feel anxiety about, about uncertainty. You yep. can be certain. Right. And to a certain extent, like I did feel safe in that area. I did, it felt good to be part of like this winning team. Like you knew you were yeah. on God's winning team. Right, but right. Also, there was part of my mind that had those questions. It was like, wait, how did Noah fit two of every animal on the ark? Like, even if the ark were as big as the state of Utah, right? Yeah. How do you fit that many animals for that many days? Like the poop alone. <laughs> like, think, think about any zoo that you have been to. So you're saying yeah. that that whole zoo was in a boat. Yeah. And and just like, I don't know, maybe it sounds like, you know, 
you wanted to understand the nitty gritty details. Right. But then other people are like, wait, like, why? I. So I'm sorry. I've had like a million thoughts, but. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like there's all kinds of times I go on tangents and then I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Took you on a ride. Hope you hung on yeah. real tight. <laughs> but basically what I wanted to say, I think, is growing up Mormon, you're taught you can know certain things for sure. And uh, you should tell people that you know them for sure. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know everything, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon and that God, God lives in heaven and Jesus was resurrected. Right. Right. But then when you, you know, I think it always didn't sit well with me. And through my mission, I was, have you, have you looked at like David Goggins? Followed him at oh, all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy's intense. <laughs> I just, I just found out about him like yesterday. Really? Oh, wow. He is intense. He's so intense. Yeah. But I feel kind of like I was aspiring to be David Goggins spiritually on my mission. Uh, you know, just so hardcore uh, because yeah. I read in, the, you, you know, you're so talking about how, you know, normal people talk and interpret things, normal Mormons who are fairly well adjusted, that they, they'll be like, oh, yeah, the the scripture says this but I don't have to change my whole life around that scripture if it doesn't work. But for me, I read the scripture and it's like, if miracles have ceased among men, it's only because they don't have enough faith. And then I'm like, okay. Like I'm reading about these miracles in the Book of Mormon and the Bible, like people defying the laws of physics through God power. And the only reason that we don't see those today is people don't have enough faith. I'm going to get that faith. I'm going to like go so hardcore until I have that faith. Yeah. That I can do magic. Yeah. And basically <laughs> like David Goggins started getting ripped as he was, you know, working out to insane degrees. <laughs> Running 48 miles and four or. Yeah, 48 miles in 48 hours. I think it's yeah. like his latest one he's doing. For me, like I was pursuing this spiritual path that was made up. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know absolutely for sure that God doesn't exist and that, you know, God doesn't exist in the way Mormons say he does. But as I was pursuing that path and, and trying to do things the way that I was taught it became very clear very quickly that there wasn't anything there like i wasn't connected when i was doing all the things i was supposed to be doing i was reading my scriptures i was waking up every morning at 6 30 i was going out talking to people like ready to share with them the most wonderful thing that's ever happened on this earth and then nobody cares they treat me like i'm a, a used vacuum salesman <laughs> Right. And after months of doing that, 
a normal person would be like, well, obviously something's not working here. But because I like had it in my mind, like, oh, this is Satan trying to mm. beat me down before I get the the God power, like the magic powers. Right. Because like this is unprecedented. Nobody's nobody does this because it's so hard. Yeah. But I just dug myself into like this this really deep hole where I kept doing I, I kept living and especially like mentally, I I was trying to imagine a world that didn't exist. Because that's yeah. what faith is, believing yeah. in something you can't see. And the more I did that, the less happy I became. But I felt like I needed to keep going to reach this break breakout point. Right. And so like I really should have had the capacity on my mission to realize that Mormonism wasn't what I'd been taught and that it wasn't working. Mm. But it wasn't until after my mission and I kind of had, I was just, I like reached the end of my mission and I was burnt out. And then I went to BYU, but it took a few years for my mind to actually like interpret what had happened and like finally give myself permission to start start thinking heretical thoughts <laughs> yeah 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 that's crazy yeah i uh yeah it's crazy how I, I i feel like i relate a lot to all the things that entire experience and that line of thinking uh so for you so you said so you went on your mission then you where did, where did you go if you don't mind saying uh I, I went to the Midwest Spanish speaking, okay. Midwest Spanish speaking. And, and that was also really interesting. I mean, just separately, like my mission was the worst two years of my life. And a mm. big part of that, I mean, people ask whether Mormonism is a cult or not. And I'm, you know, <laughs> going, this is what I was trying to say earlier is I think as humans, we have a really hard time wrapping our minds around how complex the world is. Right. So we like to just put things into boxes. We're like, yep. oh yeah, Mormonism's yep. a cult. Like, no, Mormonism has certain aspects of it that make it hardcore, right? Right. <clears throat> There's extreme and, uh, kind of requirements and expectations to, to being involved and participating. Exactly. And so, and then the mission is amped up. 10 times more you're told oh. every day what to wear what to, what you can uh wear your hair like what it's, the, it's the marines of christianity <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so um where was i going uh, basically yeah what did you ask me sorry yeah i threw you off uh, so you started out saying uh when you gave yourself permission to like kind of have those her heretical thoughts. Oh no. And then we went back. You said you went Spanish speaking, which was Spanish interesting. Speaking. Yeah. Because what I learned was that I'll, when I got my mission call, I was like, I'm going to speak Spanish it there. <laughs> and then I show up and there's just, there's whole communities of people who have emigrated from small towns in South America. So you go to one small town in the in this really rural area. Can you hear my dog whining? Uh, just barely. 
I thought okay. it was. I thought my nose was. I was like, "Oh man, is that my nose?" <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me kick her out of the room real quick. <laughs> So what I learned was, you know, there are these whole communities that just immigrated from South America. And so you have in this one small town where there's a, a paper mill and there's all these people from El Salvador and they all moved from the same town in El Salvador. And then you go 50 miles to another town and there's, you know, tobacco fields and there's all these guys from uh, the small town in Guatemala and they all moved up the United States. So that that was very eye-opening to me to, to see that there were these whole communities that were flying under the radar and really, you know, driving and, and maybe not driving, but part of our the world that we live in that just people don't look and think about at all. Right. Right. And kind of what you were saying before, like you have this curiosity. I'm like, what what's going on? Like, I had no idea that there were so many people who had immigrated to the United States and are work and a lot of them had immigrated illegally. But um, you know, they're willing to work these really hard jobs that a lot mm. of other people don't want to work now. Right. And then just getting to know them, you know, as a kid who grew up in the suburbs of Utah, I think, you know, you just don't know that much about the world. But I got to experience just this really deep kindness and generosity from people who they, they had no reason to be so nice to us, but people would just invite you into the into their trailer. You know, they're living in complete poverty and they'll cook you food and, and mm. feed you. <clears throat> so, I mean, that, that was a really good part of my mission. But, um, you know, just how hard it is for us as humans to wrap our heads around things. I think it's, it's a lot more comfortable to feel like you you understand what's going on in the world and that you yeah, yeah. have a, a hold on it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, better to not feel lost even if yeah. uh, even if you're lying to yourself about where you are. So <laughs> you're like no, no no, I'm not lost. I'm I'm li I'm here but you're in like a completely made up place. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I agree. Uh, if if you don't mind if you don't mind me jumping in real quick, just because like you keep uh, yeah bringing up how this is the thing I feel like I notice and I try to fight in myself is that thing of trying to uh, take that shortcut of like I don't want to feel lost, I don't want to feel like I don't know what's going on or I don't understand, like I feel out of control of of my understanding, so I mm -hmm. take shortcuts and and put things or people into boxes and labels. Uh, cause there's, um, uh, this, uh, Ted talk, um, dang, I can't remember the lady's name that gave it, but her, the point she makes, she talks about mm -hmm. how we're all cognitive misers. Cause we all, <clears throat> we all 
like immediately we come into situations and we usually operate uh, on the like quickest assumption uh, mm -hmm. based on our experiences or on uh, information other people have given us. And it's, you know, it's a cope. I mean, it's a survival. It's just like a, not even survival. It's just like a, a regular day-to-day -day living uh, methodology just because it would take so much time and energy if in every single situation we went into, we did it from like a completely kind of open-minded and objective perspective because we'd never we'd never be able to get anything done if, if we were always doing that. It just takes too much time, especially nowadays and mm -hmm. how fast everything moves with technology and electronics and uh, the, the passing of information since we mm -hmm. were literally passing information through the air constantly. So it's like it would be almost impossible to keep up with the current state of uh, of society, culture and technology and and be completely objective and open minded in like every single aspect. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a real difficult balance. And that's a thing that I try to keep coming back to. And I always ask myself, I was like, oh, am, am I, do I think this or am I feeling this because of some kind of, uh, some like cognitive shortcut that I took to, to try to, mm -hmm. to quickly move through it. Uh, and I feel that's, that's kind of thing like, uh, uh, a point that I feel like I agree with you that you're, you're making that you're pointing out. So it's, <clears throat> And it's really cool. I feel like, so for me, like having gotten on my, I went to the Philippines and then being uh -huh. in the Marine Corps and traveling for me, it's the same experience. Uh, even though I, I grew up in a Marine Corps family, so we moved around a lot, but for me, it was, it, it's very interesting. Cause there's, you know, there's kind of this, I, this American idea, this idea, I feel like there's like kind of a, like this main, not mainstream, but there's this kind of, um, you know, accepted status quo idea of what mm -hmm. an American lifestyle is. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's attached to that is kind of like, this is the American idea of life. And attached to that is, this is the best way to live life, I think is a and, lot. And of that Americans have, Americans hold, or that other people in other places hold about America? A, a little bit of both, I think. But for uh -huh. us, especially since we're Americans, so we're, we kind of get to be spoiled by that line of thinking because we're thinking mm -hmm. oh this is the american idea of life uh, and attached to that is like this is the best way to live life and oh i'm an american so i'm living the best idea of life or i'm working towards living that life or doing something that supports that idea of what american life is mm -hmm. and then my experience going in other countries is they are very aware of that idea that's being uh, advertised you know TV movies, like if you watch movies about, um, I won't go on a tangent yet, but so it's like that they're very aware of that idea that we have of what American life is. And obviously if they're not in America, they're not, they may not be living that exactly, or they may be have comparable, you know, like housing and education, et cetera, but they're not, but then they're like, oh, well, but I'm not in America living whatever all that cool stuff that's on TV that people are showing, mm -hmm. like, oh, this is what life is supposed to look like. And part of the kind of skew of that is like, so when I was in the Philippines, uh, like originally my f mom's side of the family, they come from, I mean, 90% of the country is poverty level. So it's very, it's a very uh -huh. different level of living over there. And like, so a lot of the people I go around to their houses and, and it's the same thing. A lot of people, we go to their houses and so there's a thing called merienda. So whenever a guest okay. comes over, 
uh, you give a you mug merienda, you give them like a uh, a snack, like a some a snack and something to drink. And mm-hmm. so like if they're really low like income people, people that have like almost literally no money, so they'll give you like saltine treats and water. Uh-huh. Um, so it's still it's like costs them money, but it's like so it's kind of like this you know social convention that if you have a guest, you you give them merienda. So. <clears throat> me like i'm sitting in these people's houses like sitting on these little bamboo furniture uh like eating saltine treats and drinking uh uh water or kool-aid flavored water or whatever they have yeah. mm-hmm. and everybody too like even in like the like really poor squatter areas i'm trying not to use that word poor like <laughs> but it's like it's it's i think it's not offensive it's fair to say squalor because there's some people that they're li- living on literal uh, rivers of garbage like the yeah. the river there's like a landfill and the garbage overflows to the point where it extends the land and people built little shacks houses on it so there's mm-hmm. people in that situation i'm sitting in there and they have tvs and they're watching and at the time when i was there there's this like taiwanese show f4 everybody watched it but so they uh-huh. everything they watch on tv is mostly i mean there's filipino programming but mostly it's about other countries so then they're okay, sitting yeah. in these little house built out of like a corrugated steel or what are the those sheets aluminum sheets or whatever mm-hmm. on on garbage and they're watching tv watching shows about people like uh like say they're watching uh like family uh you know like what was that back in the family matters and family step by matters, step yeah. like any of family matters step by step all the tgi friday shows all those people they live in these big like multi-story houses uh, like five or six bedrooms, like mm-hmm. entire houses. And these people are sitting here watching it on, watching people live that life while they're in their life in this like tiny little room on garbage. So for me, like sitting there with these people that are like being real generous and uh, accommodating to me, just being there talking to them about church stuff or when I was there in the military, mm-hmm. being there for the military. And yeah. then looking back at my life, like I go back to a, my life in the States or it's like, dang, that's such a huge uh, gap that it also like really turns in my brain about ideas of, uh, you know, like geographic sovereignty, like how everything used to be about planting the flag. Like once I get here, I plant the flag. We want the resources. So we plant Mm -hmm. the flag for the resources and then we draw borders. We write on paper, we say, hey, this is the line or we build actual walls or fortifications. And it's all about protecting physical resources. Well, have we talked about Philippines before, like Philippine history? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe, I, not in I detail, don't know. maybe. I don't know. Well, because, well, so like when you're talking about there's an evolutionary benefit to filtering things and filtering information. Right. And if you come to everything with an open mind, you get overwhelmed. Yeah. I feel like I kind of had that bent to dig into everything, be inquisitive, ask questions. But then after Mormonism, I felt like I had been so tricked that I need to investigate everything myself. And sometimes that does get overwhelming for me, but you know, with that mindset, I just started reading history on Wikipedia. Mm. And then I realized there's so much 
about the American narrative. Oh yeah. That's just complete BS, right? Yeah. And reading the history of the Philippines, the what I mean was it there were Spanish and Portuguese there, but it was mostly yeah, Spanish. Mostly Spain, yeah. And so then when there was the Spanish American War, Spain had been dealing with uh, the Philippines trying to have a revolution and they yep. wanted to install their own democracy just like the Americans had done, right? They're like, we want a democracy, we want to rule ourselves. So they were fighting a revolutionary war against Spain. And then after the United States beat Spain in the Spanish-American War, Spain was like, okay, we'll sell you the Philippines. <laughs> they think that they're, they've made a democratic country, but they really haven't, so we'll sell you them. And then the Americans came in and they squashed the Filipino revolution. And then I'm like, I'm like, so my whole life, all I learned is that America is this defender of democracy. And then there's a country, you know, a few years after the U.S., they're like, hey, we don't want to be ruled by European power. We want to have some self-autonomy and self-governance. <laughs> and then the U.S. is like, nope, actually, we bought you. Here's, here's, <laughs> we here's bought your freedom. you from Spain. You're welcome. You're the, you're the most free uh, property in the pacific and i mean it was it's a brutal war and the yeah. filipinos were doing brutal things to the americans but the americans were were doing just as brutal things and it's like as i started reading more history too america has has done so many interventions in different yeah. countries and some of them you know there are geopolitical reasons why they've been justified but in some of the situations you read the story and it's like oh this country had a democratic election and they elected a leader that the united states did, didn't like so the yeah. u.s just went in and overthrew him i'm like yeah. oh sorry you're good <clears throat> i don't yeah and then i'm like you know having having this conception of the United States as the good guy in the global order, it makes you feel better. It makes, oh, for sure. it makes things less complicated. It makes it yep. easier for you to digest, you know, what's going on in the world. Yep. But since, since I've kind of like gone down that rabbit hole, I'm like, there are things that I'm very proud of as an American. Oh, for right? sure. Definitely hundred percent. And, you know, the American dream, the American, the American dream that I've consistently heard is, right, uh, we have a set of uh, rights in the United States that everybody gets, everybody gets a fair chance, and if you work hard, you succeed. That's what we tell us, yeah. And, you know, that's true to a certain extent in some cases. Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people that hasn't been true for a long time right. and then in the rest of the world that's that's not been true in yeah, a lot of cases. yeah yeah it's it's the most true in america for sure but <laughs> it's uh yeah i go back and forth on it too because it's uh the same thing yeah for sure 
love America, proud of America. I mean, I spent nine years in the Marine Corps. I come from like two or three generations of uh, military members. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not so, and this is a change that's come through my mind, like even during the time that I was active duty that I, I'm not, <clears throat> I guess, I don't know. So vain or close-minded to think that everything that we do is right or is the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's always difficult, but, uh, but then I, th- yeah, cause I, th- I think about it too, like even, even just, and I think we've talked about this too. Like when is the last time you've seen a foreign, the, uh, groups of foreign military, uh, or uniform members of a foreign military just walking around in America? Mm-hmm. basically never only when there's like specific uh manu- or specific exercises that they're invited here to do you know what i mean and even then mm-hmm. it's not like but we're doing that all over the world we're going all over we're we have literal we have and yeah tell me how many foreign military bases are in american soil none mm-hmm. but we have them in it everywhere <laughs> we have military bases everywhere so it's and I'm not, I don't say that to say it's right or it's wrong. I'm just saying it to say, look at the difference. Like think about what other countries must think. Because it's a thing that as Americans, we don't have to think about. We don't have to think about all oh, these, this foreign military, like all these dudes or men and women are in this military force right here uh, in our town or whatever. But we we do that everywhere we go. So, <clears throat> yep. So it, well, it's and, a, and interesting. Yeah. Step, stepping out. And like abstracting that question, right? So Mm. as American, myself as an American and growing up as an American, I just kind of took some things for granted. Right. And certain thoughts for granted and ideas. But then if you're willing to stop yourself and like run through a thought experiment and you say, okay, I'm going to step out of my identity as an American. And then I'm just going to look at this as countries, right? So there, there is a country that has military bases in other countries. Like, how do those other countries feel about it? Like, what might be going on there? And then you just plug in some examples. You're like, oh, if that were Iran, if Iran had military bases in other countries, mm-hmm. like, how would... Uh, people in those other countries feel about it. How would I feel about it as an American? Oh, if it were Russia, how would I feel about it? If it were China, how would I feel about it? Yeah. Oh, it's the United States. The United States are the good guys. Yeah. So everybody loves it. Well, like maybe, maybe <laughs> some people like it, but maybe yeah. some people don't Yeah. like it, right? And like, yeah, I... I agree with what you said like i'm a very proud american but once i kind of step back then i realize that there's a lot more complicated and nuanced right. things going on but it's hard well it yeah i mean it's it's hard to navigate that without being an expert and even when people are experts yeah. They bring their own biases. And you, and you, so that... Right. Yeah, sorry for interrupting. I was just saying, you also have to be an expert in 
several different areas. Like you have to be an economist. You have to understand uh, even linguistics or language of whatever region. You have to understand anthropology. Like there's just so many, you can be an expert at one, but you're only really able to answer kind of a narrow field. It's 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 very difficult to be at, to, to all the different layers that go into people. Cause it's all, you know, macro to micro level in both directions uh, when mm -hmm. you're trying to approach any, any situation. Well, and I mean, so we talked about me going and realizing that whole communities from South America had emigrated to central United States, all over the United States, you going to Philippines and like living and, and getting to know all these people in this, these areas that, I mean, you can go read about the Philippines in a book and you can look at statistics about poverty levels and, you know, what are the major industries there? What, what are the levels of education there? What's the religion there? But you, I feel like it's easy to default to thinking you understand the world because right. you've read some stuff about it. But then right. when you actually go out and start talking to people in real life, you realize how diverse opinions are, beliefs are. Like it just gets almost incomprehensible. It, it's yeah. just really unwieldy. So then, yeah, it makes sense that humans have made all these shortcuts yeah. to put things together. But um, I just wonder, you know, how much of that is useful and necessary for us as a society, but, and how much is, is hurting us because we're oversimplifying. Right. For sure. That makes sense. If, if I understand you correctly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's to me. Yeah. I see, I think I see it the same way. It's, it's, it's all, yeah, there's that. I feel like it's a real cliche term, but it's, you know, that delicate balance of figure the, before you find a, uh, was it before you get to a point of diminishing returns going in either direction yeah. trying to trying to be fair and uh, understanding in either direction uh, well and like sorry no no go ahead I had a thought and I forgot what it was so <laughs> well I was um, just thinking you know I remember back in when, whenever the Arab Spring was, was that like 2011 or something 2009 but uh, oh, damn, yeah, I can't remember. Basically, like before that, before that happened, all of these Middle East experts were like, "Oh yeah, there's nothing big gonna happen." Then all of a sudden, this huge event precipitated. I think it started in Morocco. Hmm. I could be getting this totally wrong, but I, I remember hearing the story in one country. There were all these government regulations and this fruit seller, like he couldn't get the right permit to sell fruit. And he was literally like his family was, was going to starve because he couldn't legally have a job. So then he lit himself on fire in front of this like government agency that did the permits. Mm. And then everybody else who had been frustrated, it, it like erupted. Mm. And then, um, from there, or maybe it was Tunisia. Uh, 
but yeah, I'm trying to remember, and I'm trying to remember the term for that too. Emo self emolication. Yeah, Self-immolation. Self-immolation. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's so, a lot of, yeah, the, the monks do that a lot. The yeah, that area. I, Dang, I can't. It's right in the back of my head. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, if, but if, it, if mean, it pops in my head, I'll I'll, I'll blurt it out. Yeah, just jump in. <laughs> But then like all these different countries started having these revolutions in, in the Middle East. And then yeah. even Syria, I remember reading this article from somebody in foreign policy or something. And they're like, yeah, actually uh, the, pre the, the prince has, or is it president Bashar al-Assad? Whatever he is. I've, yeah, general, is he general? Yeah, I don't know. There, this article is like, he actually has wide support, like, Syria is a very stable country. And then like a year later, Syria is in this civil war that's still going on today. But I just have, like, I've become more and more of a skeptic. I'm like, who really knows what's going on? Who really knows what's going to happen? You have these human societies and cultures and systems that are so complex. Like, do people really understand what's going on? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good question. And that's the other thing I think about, too, because it's so kind of going going back to uh, in the beginning, we we're talking about people that like watching sports or the Kardashians. I think it's mm -hmm. kind it's very similar because uh, like like you, the point you keep making about how as humans, we have seemed to uh, like make those shortcuts uh it, like condense these narratives into these like uh that easily palatable portions uh so i think a lot of time that's where kind of comes out like uh, all the stories that we're learning about it's it's not even like third hand it's like a whole telephone game by the time we hear about it and it mm -hmm. and to make the mess to for the the message to be able to get to the widest audience has to be like the most consumable format and the easiest thing for us as humans to understand, I think, is like if there's like a succinct storyline to it. If it's like, all right, we can mm -hmm. identify the antagonist and the protagonist, and then we know where in the story we're at. Like, oh, rise in action right now. We're going to get to that climax because we like it to be <laughs> tied up into a little bow, bow that we can uh, easily uh, receive, understand, and then like regurgitate or share or pass on and participate in that whole information sharing type process so i think even like because i give it yeah i guess it, simplify it that easily it's it's huge it's like a it's a series of reality shows and the telephone game all like inter intertwined together all at the same time so it's nobody so even the people that are in the actual situation like say even in the like the Arab springs that situation specifically saying even the people mm -hmm. that are are experiencing it at the time that they're experiencing it they only understand it from their point of like they're them being involved in it. They don't even they probably still aren't exactly aware of all the different storylines that are coming out. So by the time they come out, it's like what we're hearing is like a whole different thing than what is actually going on. So it's I don't know, I guess I'm saying all that stuff to say that yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And it's also feels kind of daunting because it's like, well then what the fuck is the point? I'm never gonna understand <laughs> what's going on in the why does it matter what I do and I was like, so I should just like 
limit myself to my immediate area and what I can like have a, a physical touch on. But then at the same time, I'm like, but I want to, I don't want to be, I want to know what's going on in other places. Cause I know that exists kind of thing. So that's, ex I mean, you put that in a really good terms about people digesting the narratives that are understandable. Right. Yeah. And I've had that. I mean, I think you were saying that you feel like because things are complicated, you want to come in and focus on the direct connections in your personal life. Mm. But then you also just have this interest to understand the wider world. Right. Is that what you were saying? Right. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I mean, I feel I'm the glad, same I'm way. I'm glad it made sense. I didn't, I, I had an idea when I started talking, but I wasn't sure until I got to the end. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of explicitly said that in the past couple of years when I've felt overwhelmed because I'm like, I don't, people tell me a palatable narrative, but then because I've gotten to this point of extreme skepticism, I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. And how would I, how would I know if it were true? How would I know if it were false? Right. Right. I would have to go start interviewing all these people on the ground in different places to figure out if that narrative actually makes sense. But, yeah. Um, You'd have to be a, like a journalist with multiple doctorates, like in different fields. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of, I was talking to my brother about this the other day, just because um, I feel like in recent times, and maybe this has been going on for longer, but there's this feeling I get from hearing and maybe it's just Twitter and that Twitter's terrible, but certain people are like, they, they use experts mm. as a way to tell people to stop asking questions. It's kind of like your seminary teacher example, right? Mm. You're like, well, if, how did dinosaurs get here if God created the earth in seven days and made the animals? And then the seminary teacher says, well, God maybe recycled parts from other planets. And then you're like, well, when he recycled pieces from other plants, he literally just took like big chunks of dirt yeah. and and continents and just shoved them together. And then the summer teacher is like, well, I, like maybe. Why are you asking this question? Like I don't need to go down this road. But then with certain questions, like across the gamut, and I mean, I think we're having a lot of different debates about different issues globally and in the united states right now but oh, sure. certain yeah. certain sides they they bring out an expert and say look this is what the expert says why are you arguing with me it's like god created god created the earth in seven days it's here in the bible i'm the seven day yeah. teacher of arguing instead yeah. of like i'm the expert i have a phd in whatever this is why i believe this this thing i'm telling you right this is why i believe in global warming as a climate scientist because i've looked at these different experiments and these certain gases carbon dioxide actually holds more heat than other gases like nitrogen and here's an experiment where i saw that and so it makes sense to me that if we are producing a lot of carbon dioxide that we could have a greenhouse gas effect mm. right I haven't heard very often that type of explanation that I'm an expert and I'm going to try to explain it to you in a way 
I'm, I'm going to try to explain to you anyone who is, you know, willing to listen and think and who's, in, you know, because I, th I think right. most people are intelligent. And that's one thing I learned talking to people who are working in, you know, the worst jobs in America. Those people aren't stupid. They just they just don't have access right. to yeah, there you go. opportunities access, that other people have. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people dismiss people that have certain ideas and beliefs, and it comes from atheists too about religious people. Like, mm. oh, these idiots. I can't believe they believe this stuff. But yeah. I mean, I think generally people are smart and that as an expert, you should explain to people why you believe something and make a good argument why you believe it. And you're an expert, you should have, you know, data and, and a lot of reasons behind that. But right. I, I feel like I've heard people use it as an excuse to be like, stop asking questions, shut up and believe what you're supposed to believe. Right. Like personally, I believe in global warming. It makes sense to me. But I don't want to shame other people into believing it. I wouldn't be like, you're an idiot if you don't believe in global warming. Right. I'm like, I, from what I understand about carbon dioxide and methane and nitrous oxide, they're gases that hold more heat. And we're making a lot more of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Damn. There's so many. There's like three different layers to that that <laughs> I want to talk about. So, yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, I appreciate. And I think that's another reason why we kind of like hit it off the way we have is because uh, your way of approaching is kind of like, yeah, even if I don't, if something doesn't make under, or doesn't make sense to me the way I understand it, still try not to like be like, oh, you're an idiot for not understanding that. It's like, oh, this is the reason why I believe it or it makes sense to me. I'm open to hearing why it, you think differently kind of thing. That's a feeling, a message I'm getting. Don't let me put words in your mouth, but that's no, kind yeah. of the, the vibe I'm getting. And then also, so then on, on top of that, yeah, it's saying how you feel like you haven't seen um, like experts that come out and ex have that kind of like concise uh, explanation, be like, hey, I'm, I have a PhD. This is what I believe about this. And this is why. I also, I think part of that's also a function of a lot uh people that are so experts uh, we'll say people with uh scientists and research people that are professional seekers of information i think not all of them so all the mesh the, the platforms on which they can express their opinions are limited so you can obviously you know you go and read scientific journals you're gonna you can find that stuff but f you know the average american and average person in the world isn't sitting around like going it doesn't have subscriptions to you know the different uh phd level journals and things like that and even or might even have the ability to you know read the technical details of you know temperature change and uh uh you know pressure whatever all that kind of technical stuff so i think the people that end up getting on the platforms that can uh, reach large amounts of people those platforms are politically controlled or they all have uh uh they have the the message that they're allowed to promote on those specific platforms so the experts that come on there are only going to be the ones that uh fit that 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 have the what's that called 
confirmation bias. So it's, it's yeah. just like professional confirmation bias, really. So I think, and then also people as humans, like we said, we try to keep things simple. So the places that we choose for sources of information, a lot of times it's going to be play, we're like, all right, I agree with uh, what these, the general message of these people, or it makes sense. So I'm, this is who I'm going to go and listen to. Like most of us aren't going like, I'm going to go listen to someone that uh, has contrary beliefs to what I, I'm thinking or, or has like, they say they have scientific fact that uh, negates what I personally believe. Most, I don't think most people are not like going out and being like, that's where I'm going to try to find information. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I, so I feel like I'm sure there are people uh, that are able to and do uh, express or, uh, you know, propagate messages in the way like you're, you're saying that you wish there was more of, but I think it's a matter of the platforms that you're able to find them on. Uh, it's yeah. very limited because it's like, as we know, like if you can go, <laughs> so I was working in on a, in a, in a work area once and we'd have, <clears throat> they would have a, a TV with like four different screens on it and it had different news uh -huh. networks on it. So like in the, oh my gosh. in the military, like on a lot of the office floors or whatever, they'll have the pipe in uh, the news and it'll be in like the uh -huh. different blocked out. So I have like MSNBC, CNN, Fox, whatever. And so yeah. funny because you can literally see in in real time they're all talking there are a lot of times so they'll either all be talking about different things or mm -hmm. it's even funnier when each station is talking about the same thing but their little uh -huh. headline their little tagline is it's what do you call that russell conjugation you know where they they the 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 little blurb it they skew it in a way that's uh, beneficial to their point of view like yeah. say, instead of saying like oh immigration is up or they're like they'll say like uh immigrants flooding the border or the uh -huh. it'll be like uh oh uh people were saved and uh taken in while crossing the border or something like so it's it's just yep. it's all about i think i have to look i'm stupid i have to look up the actual definition but it's like there's a term russell conjugation where it's okay. the, the yeah. way you uh express the talk the way you talk about a topic is mm -hmm. it, it implicit is, is uh kind of has like an inherent uh bias to it the way so it's like the way the person hears it they're like oh that's you're telling me this because it's negative so it's like oh when they're talking about immigration i'm hearing it negatively or oh they're mm -hmm. talking about immigration i'm hearing it positively so that that's like you can go across all the platforms and you see it in those four <laughs> blocks it's like they're all talking about the same thing, but you can tell what their their stance or point of view, what they support. Um, when did you like come across that idea? Uh, well, like the, the Russell conjugation stuff. Russell conjugation. Uh, the so I feel like I've I've had that idea in my head. I didn't know what the actual term was for it. Yeah. But uh, I think I want to say I feel like it was on. Um, I feel it was either like uh, Eric Weinstein or Sam okay. Harris or uh, Jordan mm -hmm. Peterson. I feel like it was one of them, or Lex Fridman, or either yeah. either either one of them talking or them talking to each other. I think was yeah. the time when I really and stuck in my head. I was like, oh, Russell Conjugate. I was like, that's good. I was like, that's because well, I agree. Like what you were talking about is there are experts who do try to reach out like that and explain like that. But the way mainstream media works and news media, like you read an article in the newspaper and there's a limited amount of space 
and yeah. you listen to news on uh, MSNBC or Fox News, there's a limited amount of time. Yeah. So they, they break it down into the easily digestible narrative, and then those different networks have their different uh, political leanings. And so I think that's part of the reason why I've moved so much to YouTube is because like your podcast here, longer form content, you're not, you're not constrained on time. Yeah. You can explore ideas. You can, if something is complicated, you can delve deeper into it. Um, and I really appreciate that there are some alternative outlets. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, and I think I've listened to, uh, for me, you know, the problem is just overwhelmed. Over, I'm overwhelmed by content, right? Yeah, right. You can't pot those five podcasts you just mentioned. You can't listen to all of their content. Yeah, and still have a life. Like that's it's like just 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 those five names. That's like to listen one podcast each. That's like almost that's like almost 30, 30 hours of content right there. <laughs> yeah, for one episode each. Yeah, yeah. So you just can't do it, but. I appreciate that people are exploring those ideas, but it kind of freaks me out that a lot of those people have been so maligned mm. because like, yeah, I don't agree with everything Jordan Peterson says. I don't agree with everything Sam Harris says. Like, I don't agree with everything anybody says in a lot of cases. Right. right. Yeah. But people should be able to talk. Like that's that's part of the, one of the freedoms of America is yeah, that you have the, the, the first freedom. <laughs> you have the right to think stupid, incorrect, offensive things. And you have the right to say stupid, incorrect, offensive things. Yeah. Like and, and if you say something stupid, incorrect, or offensive, then other people have the right to tell you why they think it was stupid, incorrect, or I agree. And I also think we should have the ability to recover from saying stupid shit. Cause like there's tons of, when I was 20, probably every single, every single thing I said in my twenties, <laughs> pretty stupid and probably cancelable in today's culture as well. Mm -hmm. But if we're, and this is also a part of a problem I have with our, our actual, uh, you know, like criminal justice corrective system. Then there's mm -hmm. also, you know, the court of, what is it called? The court of, popular opinion uh, or whatever. Public opinion. Public opinion. Yeah. So in both cases, it's like both systems are set up. Neither one is set up for actual rehabilitation or for um, help, like, uh, or a mindset of people being redeemable or, or mm -hmm. recoverable. It's, it comes that it's just like, it's like, it's an execution in every situation. It's like, all right, if you mm -hmm. get sentenced in the American court system, then you, then you're, or maybe you're, you're not being executed, your life, like your actual life isn't being executed, but you're kind of being culturally executed because once you're a felon, there's like, you, you can't get housing in certain places, you can't get jobs in certain, you lose, mm -hmm. you can't vote. You're So you're no longer able to participate in the choice making of society, of the culture. So it's kind of like, then it's like, or if you can't even vote, then it's kind of like, what are we, it's like we, we de-citizened these people you know what i mean is mm -hmm. that a word it's like we executed them from being citizens 
in the actual court systems yeah. and then court of public opinion then it's like people cancel culture then it's like immediately people are like oh and it, and it and it's always and it's and especially in that situation it's it's guilty even after proven innocent kind of thing because it's like if you're mm-hmm. accused then it's automatically they're like people take all the emotion with whatever because maybe they're guilty maybe they're not but it's like they take all the energy of like like if you don't know, if you call someone a child molester then it's like mm-hmm. everyone comes with that whole energy of like already like i mean I, I feel i hope obviously we all hate the idea of hurting children and child molestation so i think we take that energy everyone's like oh as if they're like oh it's like you know if if, a, if you saw a spider like everyone immediately starts trying to stomp the spider that's in the room because they're like oh shit, i don't want that here even if mm-hmm. we didn't uh, man that's a little stretch of an analogy but uh i feel like that it, it just kind of comes too quick and people aren't interested in allowing people to to kind of learn from their mistakes or be re- re- rehabilitated or have a change of view or even maybe they came into a situation i'll say this because like before i was in the marine corps or even like the first portion of the marine corps like i grew up mm-hmm. uh, like pretty homophobic because like, in my family yeah. it, was, mm-hmm. it was like because obviously like mormon church it's like no man woman blah 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 yeah like have to i be mean married. american culture and mormon culture both yeah yeah so it's so mm-hmm. i grew up pretty, and i also part of it too is i didn't know it even if i did know any homosexual people i didn't know that i knew them so it's kind of like i had this whole idea of people that was being told to me like oh this is wrong this is mm-hmm. unnatural this goes against god this goes against nature these people are sneaky they hide it in their closet you know what i mean like there's all this uh-huh. negative stuff attached to it so it wasn't until when i was in the marine corps <laughs> and i actually like met and made friends with like actual people on you know the sexual spectrum on whatever from mm-hmm. whatever they like uh mm-hmm. to got to the point where i realized i was like that's so i was so hateful about hateful towards people i didn't even know or even really in my head imagine as people because it had already been drilled into my mind like they are counter nature they're counter counter god but and then they're de- disgusting even, deviants right yeah deviants mm-hmm. <laughs> like all that like they're psychologically damaged people that are trying to mm-hmm. force that idea onto other people um dang what was the point of me so oh yeah yeah so i was saying like me the younger me like i had all these ideas until i had experiences with people where i learned that my idea of uh, the ideas that i had about people were like i mean it's hateful i can't like it's it's just hateful you know what i mean it's not Mm -hmm. it's not productive and it's not in my mind it's not the way i think now it's not i want to say culturally productive but it's not like to me it's not I don't know. I don't know the what term to be, but it's just not productive to being a good, my idea of a good human being, like finding uh-huh. reasons to, to hate people just because they like something that has no effect on me. You know, what I mean? it's like mm-hmm. what it, it and this is another way I look at it, too. Like for me personally, like I'll say, there's certain attributes that I find physically attractive. Like if I see yeah. in my head, I see I'm like, oh, that caught my eye. But that doesn't mean that just because what catches my eye and attracts me to somebody else physically, that doesn't mean that somebody else has to be physically attracted to someone else in the same way. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, some people are like, Oh, I like blondes. I like brunettes. I like red. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Yeah. We, we all have different things that attract us to other people. And I feel like we should 
uh, like, I don't know, like discouraging that just based on like very specific sets ideas of this is how people have to have relationships. Uh, it's like really yes. damaging and it's, I don't know, it's just hateful is like really the easiest way for me to, uh, well, and like, it's, it's like trying to push people into these boxes right? and push people into talking about everything as if they fit into these neat boxes. Right. Yeah. But there are, I, I don't know if it's just a, an issue of language that our language is clunky, mm. like, but, but there are so many arguments I feel that come up because people don't say, you know, in my opinion, blah, 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 blah. Right. <clears throat> but that you do hear people make the argument like any sane person. Yeah. A reasonable would person. Would not believe this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So explicitly, sometimes people set up the argument to, you know. Uh, yeah, it's logical fallacies. They just operate on these. Yeah. Uh, like set fallacies and they don't there's and I say they I, I've I catch myself in it too mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like because it's just easier because it's easier to tie something back to what we already think or believe so mm -hmm. sorry yeah I'm, well and that's that's one of my biggest frustrations with Sam Harris too is I used to mm -hmm. listen to a lot of him I haven't yeah, yeah. I don't listen to that much anymore but I mean he talked a lot at a certain point about steel manning your opponent's argument right so instead of straw man, putting okay. up a straw man that you can easily you have your you have somebody who believes an argument that you disagree with and then you make you depict you explain their argument in the weakest way possible so it's easy for you to knock it down right and knock down the straw man a steel right. man you create their argument the best possible way it could be constructed and it's ma a man made out of steel and if you can take down the steel man then actually uh you've you've really shown that the argument doesn't withstand scrutiny mm. because even in its best form its strongest form it doesn't withstand scrutiny mm. but i feel I, I feel that assumes a lot of things even still mm -hmm. just because because then you're assuming that's the best form of it and you're saying this is what it would look like in its best form. But I feel like debate, you don't, you're trying to figure out what that would be. I don't know. That's my thought jumping in, but sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the frustration I've had with Sam Harris has been a lot about how he talks about religious people mm. and just how silly and bad religion is. Mm. But I'm like, you never grew up in a religious community. You haven't experienced a religious life. And like I was deep into, I mean, for me, Mormonism was a cult. The way right. I was living it, I was I was not believing things because they made sense to me. I was believing things because somebody told me they were right. the things I was supposed to believe. I was acting in ways that were harmful to me because people told me I should do those things. Um, right. And I and I thought, oh, I'm supposed to hurt myself because God wants me to. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 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 I had that too. So yeah. For and that's the way I would put it. Like people say, "Oh, is Mormonism a cult?" I don't know. There. I think there are people who are very happy in Mormonism and who are healthy, mentally healthy. They're happy. They're they're living a good life. Yeah. Like doing positive and, and things for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, 
why would you why would you disparage their life by saying they're in a cult? Right. For me, my experience was very harmful. And so for me it was a cult. But um like oh, going back to uh Oh I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh. Uh well you were talking about Sam Harris and uh how he oh, yeah. constructs his arguments. Mm-hmm. So he he even when, when he's talking to re- people who've come out of religions, um, he just doesn't have that. It, to me, it feels like he hasn't stopped and asked the question, Why? what are some reasons why people would believe these religious ideas? What are benefits of believing these religious ideas? Because I right. think there are huge benefits to being part right. of a religion. Right, right, yeah. You get so many social network benefits. It actually gives you a lot a lot of structure in your life it can help people deal with a lot of problems in healthy ways in in some instances for some people if if you take it in a very literal way and or you get into a a a religion that's not working like it can cause harm right but i feel like he just overlooks a lot of that and then like you say when he tries to steel man somebody else's argument he still hasn't considered like what are the biases i bring to that right yeah 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 it's, yeah is it presupposing or pre-imposing presupposing a lot of ideas into mm-hmm. into the structure of it already uh yeah i feel yeah yeah so i agree yeah again a lot of <laughs> i relate to a lot of what you're saying too because uh i felt so yeah, I've gone through my struggles with religion and there's times when I do feel like some people they'll say stuff and they're like, <laughs> a lot of times, because so, this is one that drives me nuts and people are like, well, I'm just trying to be a good Christian or I'm mm-hmm. I'm just like, they justify things with whatever their religion is. But uh, yeah. like, well, but if, the one I hear a lot is Christians that say this a lot for some reason. Uh, but they'll, they'll be like, some people are like, well, I'm staying I'm, I'm getting back with my spouse because uh, that's the Christian thing to do. It was like, like, all right, well, interesting argument, but to me, that's like, <laughs> like, like it's they, yeah, it's like that example of like, yeah, I'm completely unhappy with this person. We don't have healthy interactions together, but because I can say, no, I'm, I'm doing it for God. I want to be a good Christian. A good Christian would is in a marriage with a, you know, as a man and a woman married to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going to do this. So to me, it's like, you're already justifying it. You're like just that whole line of thought in that sentence to me is just, is saying that, oh well, I'm justifying it with with this thing. So to me, that says that you're already you already feel like oh it doesn't make sense. So I have to like kind of cite <laughs> cite <laughs> something that you can't argue with, or yeah, I mean you can argue, but it's so nebulous that it's just all powerful. Omniscient. Yeah, it, it. <laughs> omniscient. <laughs> it's the omniscient excuse, yeah. Uh huh. Or omnipotent, omnipotent excuse, yeah. Well, and you're like, sometimes you you have some really hard decisions you need to make. Oh, right? oh sorry, sorry. Let me. I, I was saying that to say like, oh, yeah, that yeah. sounds that sounds negative, but I was saying that I have my own struggles with that, but I also do see. <laughs> There is, so I have a lot of that. I feel like when I see people with like religious, I'll be like, ugh, that's annoying. 
but I also see a lot of people, I'm very sure that their lives are, they are more positive in their interactions and their daily life and their thoughts in general because of religion. So they are, because of their religion, they're working at being, doing more positive things. So I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that without that, maybe they, they wouldn't, I mean, who knows, but I think I do, I do also, so the shit talking that I do there, I also do see positive benefits. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a person that comes out and it's automatically like, Oh, all religious people are idiots and this and that. So I just wanted to add that caveat in there. I didn't want it to sound like, um, uh, just being like shitting on it completely. Yeah. Well, and I, if Sam Harris probably wouldn't either, you know, he probably wouldn't say that all religious people are idiots and that there's no benefits. Right. But that's just like kind of what I took. And, and that's the other problem is, you know, as human beings, somebody says something and then we filter what they say through our own past experiences and yep. everything. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but, <laughs> that's such a funny thing about communication is like right now us talking back and forth, what I'm saying to you. So what is in my head then goes to the words that I say, and then you hear, and then in your head might be mm -hmm. completely going like, even like to the telephone game. So what I'm the words, the thoughts I'm having, the words I'm conveying can be completely different from what you receive and what you uh, interpret in your own mind. And I think of people with conversations, a lot of things we like in uh uh, like count, behavioral health counseling, like mental health counseling, there's mm -hmm. a term, they say active listening, you know, where you're like, oh, if I, so if I understand what you're saying, uh, this is what you're saying, the kind of thing, like don't checking yeah. back. Like for me, what I understand you saying is that kind of thing, like using I statements and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And it takes a, more work and it takes more time, but I've found, I, I try to do that with people in general. And then also, uh, just cause like I said before, sometimes I think I'm weird and I was like, I think what's in my head is already weird. So I had to double check with people, but <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of times in life that, it, that takes too much work and especially with people you're uh -huh. not co comfortable with or yeah. that you don't know, it's kind of almost impossible to do that with strangers or like in a work setting almost. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like there's been so many times in my life where I've done it when I'd be like, oh, all right. So what I'm hearing you say is this, and that uh, my understanding of what you're saying is this and then sometimes uh -huh. like, yeah 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 it is or they're like no 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 i didn't mean it that way and i'm like oh shit okay good thing i asked because in my head i'm thinking that like a, a like a my buddy robot so i just had a conversation with him like yesterday mm -hmm. the day before and that exact thing happened like in my head i thought he was telling me something like really negative about a person like his idea is like i thought he didn't approve of something that someone was doing and that the way yeah. they were doing it and that implied something else and, and so i was like kind of in my head I had like kind of a judgment about him for being because I felt he's being judgmental about another person so I was like all yeah. right so what I'm hearing you say is this and he's like oh no 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 he's like oh, okay I see yeah why my words might sound like that he's like no no, this is how I meant it and I'm like oh okay it's I funny had, I had I, almost just let it go because I was like uh -huh. ah, yeah I get what he's saying but then I it went could be back. awkward right yeah because I was yeah because it's kind of awkward so I kind of felt like I was calling him out about calling mm -hmm. someone else out, but it was really, I just misunderstood it. And maybe part of it is in my own head. I'm, it's like, I'm projecting, you know, three layers of inception. It's like, I'm projecting mm -hmm. my own thoughts or insecurities or anger 
I'm projecting that into what I think he's saying about the other person. So, um, well, I mean, I've just kind of jump off that idea. Like I have heard, I I've used that same technique, especially when I'm having like potentially fraught conversations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. When I'm having a conversation with somebody who I have a close relationship and act and we're having a like really hard conversation that technique has saved me mm. multiple times just because when you're having a, a hard conversation misunderstanding and even like it's weird because as you know kind of what you were saying before you know your past self is different than your current self you used to believe certain things and those have changed and you're a different yeah. person now a hundred percent yeah i feel the same way and when i look back at the person i used to be i'm like well how back then i felt like i was logical i felt like i had good reasons for believing what i believed mm -hmm. yep. but i believed those things and now i i feel like i'm logical i feel like i have good reasons to believe what i believe but why should i trust myself because yeah. my past self, I trusted myself and I was wrong. And yeah. then I found out I was wrong. So I shouldn't trust myself now. And that can be disconcerting. And you can probably take it too far. Maybe I have taken it too far sometimes. But I think when you're having a conversation with another person and you're, you're using that type of communication, for me, I've seen it where I kind of work out. Sometimes I don't even know what I think and why I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. Sure. and what i feel me too yeah and and just being able to you know dig into that a little bit deeper with somebody um it's basically it's it's saved multiple relationships that mm. i have well that's all yeah that's yeah that's all i'm always <laughs> i feel like i'm nervous. i'm always excited to hear examples or people that talk about doing that it's it's weird how like for me, I think about just how, to me, how intriguing it is for just self-awareness, something, you know, the concept mm -hmm. of self-awareness uh, is in a lot of people. And th this is another thing too, uh, to kind of, I don't know, slight side tangent, but related when I look at relationships uh, when, and when I say relationship, like people's ideas of romantic relationships, so mm -hmm. I feel like there's like kind of this idea like that's on TV and in movies, like people are like, oh, this, you know, Valentine's, this is what love and relationship looks like. And a lot of mm -hmm. people, so we have this kind of like set cookie cutter idea of what it's supposed to look like. So people go, it's like, all right, well, I want to, I'm attractive to other people. I want to, so what does my attraction lead me to? So I, my attraction leads to interaction. And what is that mm -hmm. interaction supposed to look like? And then people have this label. It's like, oh, so two people that are attracted to pe to each other that are interacting, that's a romantic relationship. And it comes with this set of rules. It's like, oh, uh, like one man and one woman are supposed to be get together. And they're like, they're only supposed to do th this sort of thing together and this and that. So mm -hmm. I, <clears throat> and then uh, I feel like a lot of people, so they operate on a lot of uh, assumed uh, expectations. But yeah. all of, we're all very different and we all have different desires and drives. 
inside of us and not all of those are going to line up perfectly with those that kind of cookie cutter uh set of ideas mm -hmm. and then we get into the point where so we're having conversations and I, a lot of times when i've met people are like like i'm talking with them and they're like mad at me and then i'm trying to get down to what they're mad about and then it, we usually talk about it and it gets down to like the expectations at some point I, i hadn't met some expectation whatever it was uh -huh. and they're like well you should have known or why how you didn't you didn't get it that that's how i felt like no i can't read your mind and you can't read my uh -huh. mind how am i how am i supposed to know just because there's this like kind of idea of set requirements of what this interaction is supposed to be between two people so uh -huh. it's like so there's there really is no set rule for uh interaction between any any number any combination of two different people because there's going to be similarities obviously and then there's you know general social conventions but to mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. connect and be in like a uh like pot like forward moving or positive or not destructive interaction or relationship i think it takes a lot of yeah vulnerability because you have to be able to try to clearly communicate we always don't but you have to mm -hmm. one be vulnerable and comfortable enough to to try to make that uh communication but also to you know receive it back and listen to the, the other person what they have so i think a lot of people and also i base this in my past relationships that i've had too or i feel like it's where the headbutting kind of came in it's where we come in as like kind of feeling like oh i assume that you understood how i felt about this but for me i i've tried to go in the most situations like no nah, people don't no one's a mind reader people don't know what's going on i don't even know mm -hmm. what's going on in my head and sometimes i have to talk it out with someone <laughs> to figure out what it is uh what what's going on in my head with relationships so uh yeah i, th I think i did i go too far in a circle from what you were saying or I think that's what I was trying to it's, get to, but. <laughs> well, it's funny. I think my brain works differently when I'm having a conversation on camera, but mm. I think so. Cause I can't remember anything now, <laughs> but I just kind of jumping off what you were saying, you know, I think I've been on both ends of that. Yeah. Cause basically, so I've been married o over 10 years now and I got, I did the, the culturally appropriate thing at BYU. So I, I got married before I left school. And then it was shortly after, it was pretty much a year into my marriage was when I really had my break with Mormonism, believing in Mormonism. Mm. And then I told my wife, I was like, so remember when we got married and I said I would be Mormon? always no matter what well actually i don't believe it anymore like, oh wow was then, that kind of hard point to get to to or to come out and say well it's in like i it's so weird because i mean okay cognitive dissonance is like a very well-known thing i think i just pushed my cognitive dissonance to a, a crazy level because there were so many things that didn't make sense to me, like all those questions that I had. And then I was just like, well, God wants me to believe this. So I'll keep believing it, even though it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like once I got to the point 
where I gave myself permission to explore a different thought, then it just like, it was one day, it was hmm. done. Oh, and so once so, you got past that tip, it was just kind of a matter of making it over that tipping point. And then once you did, it was that smooth sailing kind of, or not smooth sailing, but you had the momentum. It, yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, we talk about how complicated the world is and what to believe, but like mm. how many people believe that, um, you know, Zeus is a, is a real God. Right. Nobody. Right. But I was a person who was trying to believe that every day. And then one day it was like, nope, I don't have to believe this anymore. And I was like, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I'm just free. And like, you could never go, some people in the, in, who've, been mormon and left they say like you can't unsee what yeah. you see yeah is it is it hard for you to to use the lord's name in vain do you find that <laughs> you, I, um, I find myself i say gosh all the time it's hard for me uh -huh. like it's something i've been working on because i'm like like oh jesus and i'm like oh shit right. <laughs> oh okay 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 uh -huh. like it took me years like <laughs> but i still like i'll say oh my gosh like I uh -huh. feel, I, I, I'm really sensitive I, to myself about it because I hear, it, I'm like, I wonder if I sound like, like a little kid. I'm like, oh my gosh, guys. Can uh -huh. you that? <laughs> I definitely still have like all of the Utah Mormon lingos. Um, but yeah, as soon as I made that like mental break, I was mm. done. So then I told my wife like that day. Mm. And I, I had kind of like described some of my questions, but she had a really big problem because she felt like I'd gone on a journey without her. Uh, and for me, wow. okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. I was, I was like, I don't want to drag you through all this mm. crap because I know what the answer is going to be. Like I'm, I'm dealing with all this crap and then I'm going to find out that uh, this was one of my trials and that the church is true. Hey. The church is true. Right. But then I found out it wasn't. So it's, like I didn't I wasn't like trying to hide it from you I just didn't want to force you to deal with a lot of crap mm. but then you know uh we we had a lot of hard conversations and the, I don't know if you've ever heard of that book called crucial conversations I don't believe so but I mean it's it's a lot of the same things that you're talking about and I think a lot of the same things that are in that's uh, another thing. I always, I always learn about good books from you too. That's another good thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the problem when I talk with you is I get, I like add three or four new books to my reading list <laughs> that I never get through. But, um, you know, it, it was that idea of taking a step back and like approaching the other person as having their own perspective and their own objectives. Right. And and allowing them to have that and accepting oh, yeah. that that's that's their position. And then, you know, not saying, okay, I'm gonna do whatever you want, but just saying, right. okay, I I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from. This is where I can compromise. This is how I want to support you. These are ways I can support you. These are ways that I can't. Mm. Um wow, and so that's we huge. we had a lot of hard conversations and probably like six or eight months into that I was I kept going to church with her I kept 
uh, we like my lifestyle didn't change at all. It was literally just like, I don't, I don't believe in these things anymore, mm -hmm. but nothing else changed. And then, you know, after months, I was like, you know, I don't think I can keep live like living a certain lifestyle if it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like going to church every week for three hours and hearing people say things that I don't agree with. Yeah. Is like yeah. really hard on me. Yeah. And so then we had some more hard conversations and it was like, well, you know, when we got married, we thought we were both going to be Mormon, but now you're not Mormon. You're not the person I married. Like we should probably should get divorced. Mm. And I was like, damn. I, oh, she said, really hard. that's what she said to you. Well, I mean, we kind of had that conversation of like, well, what are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? And I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm willing to support you and you believing in the church and you living in the church, but I don't want to, I don't want to follow, uh, you know, the word of wisdom. Like, yeah. I don't believe drinking coffee is evil. If I want to drink the coffee at some point, like, I feel like I should have the freedom to do that as an adult human being. Right. Um, but, and, and my kids, like, I, I would be fine with us uh, teaching our kids that you believe in the church and I don't, but I would want our kids to have a choice. Mm. And so, you know, we had that conversation, what would our life look like? And she was like, you know, that's not what I signed up for. I think we need to get divorced. And I felt really angry because like, I was like, I didn't choose this. I was, I was tricked. Like right. I, I was convinced to believe something that didn't make sense. You, you were and born, now born in, the, in the church, right? Sorry. Just yeah. to make sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you grew mm -hmm. up in it your whole life, yeah. But even even if you weren't, if even if you hadn't grown up in it your whole life, like, I feel like the church isn't completely honest with how they present things to people. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially after you're in, there's a lot of costs to leaving, and there's a lot of shame about asking those questions oh yeah for sure but then long story short you know there was a lot of commonalities in our relationship hmm. we we saw eye to eye on a lot of stuff and it was just like that religion that was the one thing that we i mean it's not like everything but that was the biggest thing for most other things we we really meshed well so we ended up, you know, going through therapy for a long time. And then she eventually left uh, a few years later. But mm. um, when I was kind of going through that experience, I, I was also in that point of, you know, being skeptical towards myself. And my first reaction was like, it's not my fault my marriage is failing. It's the church's fault. Okay. And that was your first, my wife. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, she can't think clearly because she's in a cult. Mm. And so I can't even communicate with her because anything I say will be from an evil person who left the church. And so she can't even understand what I'm saying. So like I had this initial reaction to just be uh, like, well, you know, what? this is going to blow up and it's not my fault. Mm. But then I was like, you know what? I, I can't. I shouldn't believe 
that that I'm perfect. I shouldn't believe that everything outside of me, I, I shouldn't believe that everything going on outside of me is not my fault. Like, of course, if I'm looking at two other people's marriage, it's not like one person has no fault and the other person is completely at fault, right? In any relationship, people make mistakes. And in some relationships, it is really unbalanced and there's one person who's being abusive or just like, you know, destroying the relationship. Right. I was like, if if I'm in that situation, I want to make sure that it's not me. Mm. I want to prove to myself that I've done everything I can do. To, and, and if the marriage ends, then I know that I gave it my best shot and that I'll mm. take the skills I've learned to my next relationship. Mm. Wow. And so I, tr I was like, okay, you know, this very well could end up being my wife saying, you're not the person I married, you're now evil, and I don't care what you say, uh, let's get divorced. And that was scary for me. Oh, I bet, but yeah. I was like, you know, I should take responsibility for what I can. And even if that happens, I will be a better communicator coming out of this. Mm. So it was it was really hard. Like oh, <laughs> my I believe, was, yeah. was the worst time of my life, but that was a close second. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. That's uh well, first of all, yeah, thanks, man. That's thanks for sharing that. That's really huge. And it's part of I was gonna ask a question before about because you had mm -hmm. talked about when you uh your break, you know, on your mission you started asking questions and then or you you ask questions more that you had already had. And then uh, you had that eventual break where you uh, gave yourself permission to kind of have like heretical, heretical quote unquote thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, so were those two different times when you, did you have to do two different period? Like, okay, give my permission to ask these questions. And then you had another break then when you presented it to your wife, were there kind of two different or did those kind of align together? Yeah, it's interesting. Thank you for asking that question because it's it's like still so jumbled mm, in my can, own yeah. mind. And like I remember reading this book by this uh, woman who was she was a plural wife of a guy who was in the Warren Jeffs group. In in the and which one? Warren Jeffs. Warren, what, what is that one? So Warren Jeffs, he was running an, an FLDS church. Oh, down are, the, in are the ones up to Mexico? Or? Mm, they might have run to Mexico. Different. He, he eventually got arrested and put in prison because he was marrying 14-year-olds. Oh. Um, but this woman, her name's Carolyn Jessup. Okay. And she, she wrote a book called Escape. 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 It's really good. But in this book, she she talks about how abusive her relationship was. She had eight children with this guy. She was one of like four wives or five wives. And the the first wife was really abusive to the other wives. But she she would just describe all of this abusive 
behavior and she would th throughout the book like maybe eight or ten times she'd be like describing her journey and being like and this experience was the last time that i let my husband do this mm. but then the next chapter was about how he abused her further and then she would end that chapter like and this was the last time my husband i, I let my husband do this oh, so it was wow. like she was slowly extracting herself from that control and each step felt like this monumental victory mm. but then when you're looking at it from the outside you're like but you're still trapped like you say yeah. this was the end but you're still trapped so for me i felt like oh wow well, yeah there were these multiple steps that were like building up and like you said you know getting to a tipping point so i had given i had thought a lot of you know, I had, I had a lot of questions even going into my mission, but then on my mission, I allowed myself the heretical thought of like, well, what if Mormonism isn't the true religion? What if I were in a fake religion that looked like Mormons <laughs> and said everything that Mormons said, but really there wasn't anything behind it. And I allowed myself to have like that heretical thought, but I never said, well, uh let me operate in a mind space where i actually believe that it was like i allowed myself to be like well what would the world be like if dra dragons existed but of course i don't believe that right now yeah but if i were to actually go to that place where i'm like okay dragons really exist mm, okay and so yeah that tipping point um i was i was in the public library and oh, I, I read some oh i told you this no no i said i remember public library oh you remember the public library dude do, do yeah, decimal for... system i used to be <laughs> that. yeah but i sorry. like that you understand the dewey decimal system oh man That's... i used to i used to spend all kinds of time in the library because i wasn't allowed to watch yeah. tv strict mormon family couldn't watch tv really but i could well, read any book i wanted to so dude my library so card, like, that was I've, like a passport to a whole nother uh -huh. universe. <laughs> well, and you feel, you're like, oh my God, my, my dad was so hardcore, right? Yeah. But then on the other hand, like, you didn't waste your time watching TV. Yeah. I, I read so many books. With my own kids, I'm like, I don't want to be so hardcore, but like, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. do keep TV on, on pretty strict lockdown and my kids read a lot. Um. My kids watch like maybe an hour of TV a week, five, I mean, an hour of TV a day, five hours a week, maybe. Mm. But anyway. Um, Sorry, yeah, I threw you off. You're in the public library and then uh, you. Yeah. I, I had, I was, I was listening to those NPR first listens. Oh, wow. Okay. And they had the Book of Mormon musical on there. <laughs> and I was like, I bet there are so many Mormons that are pissed about this. Because even as a Mormon, I've just been like very like live and let live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had friends in high school and they would they would curse all the time. Mm. And I never cursed. Oh wow. I definitely high school for sure. I was like, why do I care what other people are doing if it doesn't negatively affect me? Right. Like they're saying yeah, yeah. words that I don't want to say. Mm-hmm. But like, who cares? Yeah, it's not your job and to police them. Yeah, 
yeah and i felt the same way like with mormons i'm like like mormons shouldn't be trying to make coffee illegal in the united states yeah like we don't want to drink coffee great yeah. we don't have to drink coffee yeah and no. so uh, when i saw the book of mormon thing i was like i bet there are so many mormons who are pissed <laughs> off about this and i was like i don't care make fun of my religion like mm. go for it um but then i was through that i found like the ex-mormon blogosphere mm. and this is like in a matter of hours right and then i found the what, what, what year was this if you don't mind me asking this is 2010 okay i'm just for a reference in my own head to yeah in the little timeline that i'm building in my own mind <laughs> <laughs> so i found the i'm an ex-mormon video series i've never heard of that so is Basically, that it was a thing happening at the time where this guy mormons were putting out this i'm a mormon series which oh they yeah yeah from yeah scientologists yeah i remember that yeah so, so this guy was doing the same thing he's like hey here's an ex-mormon <laughs> who's happy and they have hobbies and blah 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 right we're real people too <laughs> exactly and then i was like you know i've been so scared of becoming this evil shell of a person with no soul if i didn't have if i didn't have a belief in god i was like i'd kind of like been prepping to change my mind but i was like these people don't seem insane and and like depressed completely depressed all the time i feel insane and depressed all the time trying to believe this stuff mm. i was like maybe i can try doing it and that was like the tipping point of <laughs> change like actually like okay i'm i don't have to try to believe god exists up in this sphere and is and is listening to my thoughts right now and all this stuff <laughs> yeah oh wow so so that so that specific point is you, you feel like that's kind of the point that sticks out in your head um of when you're like oh that's kind of when that switch happened in your mind yeah when it was kind of like all right when you kind of decided you were, it was okay to start moving like off 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 brand off message or whatever yeah i, I like wow, okay. I gave That's cool. myself permission to go off trip. did well, how would that feel did you feel like kind of naughty or like oh or was it kind of liberating or or maybe not liberating. maybe not even that dramatic just kind of like a uh, was it more like kind of like being able to take a, a breath kind of yeah it, it was just like i was expecting some weird thing to happen mm. And it was, it, it was like, you know, I, I built all these structures in my brain. I knew all of these facts. I knew all of these ideas and a lot of those didn't fit within the Mormon narrative. Mm. And they had kind of just, you know, that cognitive dissonance was just going around with me all everywhere, and just, like, you know, bugging me all the time. Right. And then I was like, okay i i don't believe in god anymore and i was like i'm the same person and just <laughs> no, like no all life. that all that jumbled mess now just like oh like think hum humans are messy humans are weird yeah <laughs> uh we got we evolved from fish yeah like i'm like oh wow okay yeah that makes sense that makes sense 
I guess that's confusing, but yeah, who who could really know that? Boom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's man. It's so funny that you say it that because I I had similar thing where it was like, oh wow, now it's okay for me to believe all this stuff that already made sense to me. It's such a weird. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird thing. And it's like, oh, like for so me. So where I, did where did it happen to you, and like how did it happen? Yeah, interesting. So I've tried to think about it before how it happened for me but i think the way you explained it uh, uh very similar where it's kind of like there's these degrees of like uh unclipping latches like mm -hmm. as it goes on, like very and then like little by little i'm able because yeah it's because it's just so hardcore that at the very first being allowed to think outside of what is the accepted set of beliefs is already so um you know, heretical. It's so rebellious. It's it's such a such a. It's like only. It's like uh, for me to think about these thoughts and be Mormon, only to, in, in my mindset, only a bad person would be thinking this way. So I already mm -hmm. have to adjust myself to be like, well, I guess I have to accept that I'm a bad person to explore this thought, and then I explore the thought, and then I think about it more. I'm like. To, yeah, so to even get there, I already kind of have to accept that, oh, there's something wrong with me. Um, mm -hmm. There's something wrong with me. There's something bad about me to already try to get in a mindset to even evaluate or think about it in a, a reasonable, reasonable manner, in a manner that's yeah. not in a, a Mormon uh, lens. But <clears throat> something that makes sense to you. Right, exactly. So I think for, for me... I mean, my whole life, I had the questions my whole life. Like I said, I got in trouble in seminary, got in trouble for asking questions all the time in uh, Sunday school, always asking questions and hated it. Um, and then on top of that, for me, there's an added layer of, I already, so my family situation, I grew up was kind of weird. So I grew up in a, like an all Caucasian family. So I had like a really, so I already, so there's all, all, also this dynamic of, I stuck out, like I explained to a lot of people, like, like you've seen the, the set, that Sandra Bullock movie, The the Blind Side. Where I haven't, but... it's, it's like, it's based on the story about the the like white family that adopted the dude who ended up being this on the- Big linebacker. For the, uh, yeah, the Ravens. Um, and there's like a scene, like someone, they're like at dinner and someone leaves a voicemail. They're like, hey, we got your, your Christmas card. Did y'all know there's a, a a colored boy in your family picture? <laughs> so like my whole life growing up, that's how I always felt like going around with my family. It's always like people are like, oh, this kid, one of, one of them doesn't look like the others. So then I had uh -huh. this like. How often were people explicit about that? Oh, all the time. Like usually, well, <laughs> in, usually in uh, like first interactions, uh, uh -huh. like because you know my so my dad was he's in the marine corps for 26 years so we moved around a lot like sometimes yeah. like every every two years sometimes we'd move so i'd switch schools every couple of years but we're active in the church so everywhere we went we'd go to a new uh ward uh -huh. <clears throat> so i mean that was i guess that's also one good thing for me because i moved around a lot but i had the consistency of i would always move into a ward and they're pretty much the same everywhere you go so it's uh -huh. always like you move into the ward and then you know what uh, class you're going to be in, you know what age group of people. So it's always always had like kind of a set 
group of young men that were my age that I, I everywhere I moved, I'd have people that kind of automatically that just became my friends because we went to church together. Yeah. And um, you had enough cultural, there was enough cultural consistency that you could just plug in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like for the most part, the LDS church, like in my experience, all the war, I, I don't know how handfuls of wards, like tons of wards. Like I said, every two years I went to a new church and it was pretty consistent across the board uh, everywhere. Cause it's not, you know what I mean? Like most, in my experience, mm-hmm. I didn't ever go to a ward where like one Bishop was teaching something that was different. Like the doctrine is pretty consistent across the board. Yeah. Uh, well, and even the culture because you have families from Utah who go right. and move to all these different places. Yeah. Yeah, cause, yeah, and everyone has kind of like, everybody's like, we agree, we're not supposed to watch R-rated movies, and you don't mm-hmm. curse, and like everyone has like very general set, uh, well, I mean, very specific, but also very general kind of ideas of how life is supposed to be. So it, it, yeah, it offered so. a, a consistency everywhere I lived. So that that was a, a, a positive out of it. Um, but, but you were saying that like people... When you oh, introduce oh, oh, yeah. people, like, oh, so what's going on with your family? Yeah, people are always like, oh, are you, a, they'd either be like, are you adopted? Or it, it, that's usually what people would say is like, oh, are you, that's usually the question, like, are you adopted? Uh-huh. And then also, yeah. yeah, yeah. So everywhere we went, it's, it was, always, so it's always present in my mind. I was always like, uh-huh. always, I think it's partially, uh, well, I guess being an introvert is kind of, more nature than nurture but i think part of it too i'm very uh, aware i feel very hyper aware of myself whenever i go into any group of people because i always feel like i've everywhere i've went i've stuck out in any mm-hmm. kind of things except for like a lot of, in hawaii i blended in pretty well in hawaii <laughs> <laughs> i love hawaii but like everywhere else i kind of stick out regardless of what group i'm in and uh-huh. uh so yeah, I guess I answered that question. Uh, it happened all the time, but it, it, usually the question people are like, "Oh, are, are you adopted? Is he adopted?" Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I guess my point of saying that was like I had the added dynamic of feeling like I stuck out, like I didn't belong already. So uh-huh. my whole life I was already, and then my dad always had like super high expectations because he, like I said, he's a marine for twenty six years, a, a pilot, and he was everything he did, he was top of his class. So he's always like top of his class and he never accepted excuses from anyone because he's like mm-hmm. well i'm the best so why aren't you <laughs> he's like well the only reason you're not the best is because i'm the best all right we accept that but you, why, why, aren't you, why, why aren't you trying why aren't you second best so like every yeah. interaction i feel like i had with my dad was like i ideally i would be first best but that would mean i beat him out so that's not acceptable but i should be at least trying to be second best so I always felt like I was never. Where do you fit in your family? Are you oldest? I'm the oldest too. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm the first one too. So I was like, yeah, the oldest son, like very, uh, you know, alpha male father, and then very strict, like LDS Mormon father as well. And on top of that, so frustrating because a lot of people I've met that are like have like very uh, high expectations of people, very judgmental of people. They're they have like varying levels of hypocrisy like yeah. for my dad anything he ever preached he always did and he always did it to an annoying degree of detail <laughs> like uh-huh. everything he's like i believe this is true so i'm gonna do it to the fullest and if i tell someone to do it 
it's because I believe it and I'm doing it at the highest level possible. So, so frustrating to have like, basically my eyes, my whole life growing up, like I had this perfect father who had this like impossible lifestyle of impossible expectations that somehow he fucking just, he, and he <laughs> lived it perfectly too. So I didn't uh -huh. have the benefit of being like, oh, well, he's just telling me this because he has to. It's like, no, uh -huh. he says all these damn things because he does all these damn things. <laughs> so it's like impossible. And I'm, I'm laughing just because oh, it's fun. I, I know mean... how terrible that is. <laughs> it's like, it's like you laugh about it, but when you're living yeah. it, it really messes with you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure part of any of the successes, a lot of the successes I've had in my life, I mean, come from, you know, I feel like maybe I'm like a diamond, you know, from all that pressure, a piece of coal, uh -huh. I got yeah. crushed into a diamond, but, uh, <laughs> oh, so for me, I think originally, where did I start talking about where my break with the church? Yeah. Came. Where your break was. So for me, like I was always trying to live up to his expectations or mm -hmm. what I thought were his expectations or also at times what he told me were his expectations. <laughs> but uh, so for the church, that was one thing that I had con that I could do. And, you know what I mean? And feel like because I was like, all right, he values the church and church participation. So, you mm -hmm. know, I did I, I, like past sacrament. I did all that. I did all the wickets. I got my like duty to God award. I was like Eagle Scout. Uh -huh. Like mm -hmm. I did all those things and uh, I went on my mission, even though I had questions and I didn't like in my mind, I was in that mindset of, I hadn't quite gotten to, uh, I don't believe this, but I was on mm -hmm. that like edge of questioning. But did you, I, before you went on your mission, did you ever question going on your mission or was it just like, of course I'm going? Uh, well, a little bit of both. Cause well, actually, no, it, from the time I grew up, it's kind of like, you're going to grow up, you're going to go on a mission, you're going to go to college. Yeah, it's like not even a question. Yeah, um, or you're going to get, get your Eagle Scout, place. you're going to go to your mission, then you're going to go to college. That's mm -hmm. like growing up that in my mindset, it's like, there's no, like, not achieving any of those is a failure. If I hadn't yeah. got my yep. Eagle Scout, I would have been a failure. If I hadn't uh, gone on my mission, I would have been a failure. And then college kind of, I mean, I kind of, that was a whole other thing, but, and then I ended up in the Marine Corps, but oh, also for the Marine Corps, I had an idea that I wanted to go to the Marine Corps, but for him, my only option was to be an officer and his mind oh, uh -huh. enlisted was like for peasants. He's like, if, cause one time he got mad at me too. One time, cause I used to go on runs with them and uh, yeah. I, was in, I was in JROTC and uh, one time I was running, I went running with them and then uh, I complain because I was complaining about having to run like five miles and I was like, well, oh, PFT is only three miles. I was like, and I was looking at the PT standards or whatever. And he was like, uh -huh. he might've even cursed because he almost never cursed. Like there's yeah. only two times that I heard, heard him use the F word in my entire yeah. life that I lived in the house. Since I've become an adult, I've heard it. So <laughs> but <laughs> when I was growing up in my mind, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought he had never cursed in his whole life and he had never uh -huh. like, sinned at all or done anything. Um, yeah. So I was complaining about running three miles and he got pissed and he's like, he's like, no, don't bring that enlisted bullshit to me. He's like, if you're going to be an officer, you're going to run this many miles and you're going to run it this fast and blah, blah, blah. So for my whole life. Yeah. Eagle Scout, college, mission, Marine Corps officer. So all uh -huh. these things, I'm like, all right, I have to do all these things. Otherwise, it's like, it's like another level. Cause like for normal, 
the average Mormon boy, yeah, it's already hardcore. But then for you, it's like beyond that, then you're going to be an officer in Marine Corps on top. Yeah. And, and that's other things. My buddy, uh, Ethan, I did a the Good Mormon, Bad Mormon episode with him. Uh-huh. And we, so we grew up, like I said, like fifth grade through ninth grade. We, uh, I was in Virginia and we uh, were like best friends that whole time. We had uh-huh. two completely different Mormon households, but my in my mind, my I I thought everybody's house was like mine. I thought yeah. everybody's parents lived to that fucking crazy degree, that tiny, mm-hmm. tiny thin line that my parents did. Uh, so talking to my buddy, he's like, "Nah, man, <laughs> he's like, that was just your house." <laughs> I was like, what and, the? "And he's still Mormon, right?" Yeah, and he's still. <laughs> He's still active. Yeah. He's married in the temple. He has a bunch of kids. They're great. His his parents are real. His dad are, his, was our uh, scout leader for a while, and he uh, his his dad was real cool. His because his dad was one. He's one of the few like Mormon people that I've met that are like very open minded, very mm-hmm. self aware. Doesn't take himself seriously at all. He laughs. Yeah. Like he, he laughed in church at other people. <laughs> like sometimes people would be giving a talk and he would just like like he would just like shake his head and look at the ceiling like like w- you know when someone's like giving a talk and it's just such obvious propaganda like mm-hmm. it's just like so i mean i guess i can't say it's so obvious but it sounds so on message that's kind of like it doesn't even sound like their own words it's like they're just they're saying what what they have to say before they can say and in the name of jesus christ amen like they're just Say all this, and then they can say that. So when people do that, they're he saying like, something just to make other people feel like right. they're a good person. Right, exactly. So, and then his dad was like one of the only people or a few people I'd see that he would like smile and be like, "Okay, it's like, aren't we get it? We get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're a good Mormon, aren't we all? You, we get it. Thank you. Like, you're just like uh-huh. shining your own wheels, um, but." So his dad, like, I, that's what I really liked about him. And he's like, he's, you know, active, obedient Mormon, but he's also just mm-hmm. not, a, not, I want to say not an idiot. He wasn't, he didn't, wasn't like blindly following. And I, I got, yeah. also got the feeling from him, like, even if there weren't parts of it, he didn't agree with completely or was like, nah, this sounds stupid to me. There was enough of it that he was like, hey, I'm living my life to be a good person. And this mm-hmm. is how it fit. This is how that fits into this. Um, yeah and uh, like thinking back on it i think that's what i liked about him but back then i didn't know i just was mm-hmm. like oh he you just knew like he a, was cool seems like a cool adult yeah like this guy's yeah. not putting on airs at all he keeps it real but he's also mm-hmm. still follows he's still like good good mormon yeah um but so for me it was like completely different and uh, oh <laughs> that's partial part of the thing too i think where my break in the church came was because i was thinking about it when, when i got into actual real world I started realizing that the entire world that my parents had taught me to believe existed, there was a complete fiction. It was like, yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody else lived the lives. Not even Mormons. Not even Mormons lived the lives that we were living in our house. Like it was like this complete, like, like, <laughs> like military utopia. <laughs> uh, it's like it was like a it was like a totalitarian utopia almost because it was like, uh-huh. oh, this is Mormon paradise, and we we enforce <laughs> we strictly enforce paradise and love here. Uh huh. Because there'd be times when my dad he would say to me, he, 
he'd be like, oh, I love you. And I'd be like, yes, sir. Like, cause it was like, that's how I felt. I felt like he was like my, my commanding officer, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, all right, yeah, yes, sir. I love you, sir. That's my duty. I, I do my duty, sir. It's like, which one do you want me to do? Do you want me to do my duty or do you want me to love you? Because the way you're doing this, that doesn't work both ways. Like you can either like let it happen organically or you can, I'll, I can follow instructions. Like I'll follow the rules, uh -huh. but I'm not, I don't, I, th I think that's part of where too, where yeah, that dissonance kind of set in where it's like having that idea of what's in my mind and in my heart, I don't have to, they don't have to align for me to do the actions. So it's like mm -hmm. the actions can be completely empty. Like I'm yeah. make I'm making the motions of a of a devotee, but I'm not devoted in my mind or my heart. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where I think it started. I started growing distance because I was like, as perfect and as uh, honest and knowledgeable as I felt my dad was, I felt that there was this huge, uh, uh, kind of like disservice or like what's the word like kind of betrayal to me when I got mm -hmm. to the real world it's like I felt like I had been forced to believe that there was this one reality that existed and then when I got out and I found out that there, that wasn't the fact even though it was like kind of an ideal idea of reality and like yeah this is it we agreed that this is the way we're gonna live it was like we were mm -hmm. living that way as if no other ways existed when I found out other ways existed like how come <clears throat> And especially when there's other ways of thinking that aligned with what I naturally felt. Mm -hmm. So then I started being like, oh, so I can believe this without feeling like a piece of shit. It's like, all mm -hmm. right, if I'm here at this, at the, in the church, then I have to feel like there's something wrong with me to do the right thing. But outside of that, I can feel like I'm, I, I don't have that. I, it just not that tension, just being able to mm -hmm. breathe without having to feel like there's something wrong with me for for waking up in the morning and feeling how I feel. Yes. And so I think that's where it kind of began. And then on my mission, it really, it was really magnified because obviously like, like you were saying before, in the mission, it's it's like 10, 100 times, it's like so constant, such concentrated Mormonism. It's like the, the far, the far right of Mormonism is Mormon missionaries because they're so conservative, so, uh, so everything is so like supposed to be so very black and white. You like, don't even have no, personal space. Yeah, you, there's you no always with another person, twenty four seven. You're always you have a babysit. Like you're always spying on your companion, and your companion is always spying on you. Like I told this story to my buddy Ethan. There was so there was this kid from uh, I can't. He was from somewhere in Utah, Maybe middle of nowhere, Utah. Maybe Logan. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Salt Lake. I think. I think he was like, he was like a descendant of a. He was related to a, um, one of the apostles, or like whatever the higher structure is. Mm -hmm. I think he had some seventies. Yeah, he's tied to somebody, so he grew up. He was one of the kids. His parents signed him out of health class. You know, like uh, in middle <laughs> school when you, like, yeah. your parents can sign sex you out because yeah, they don't want you to teach you sex ed. They're like, we'll teach this mm -hmm. at home. So this yep. is the result of him learning at home, sex ed at home from his Mormon parents was he believed that people people get pregnant from making out. Like if you make out, if a dude and a chick make out, that no girl's gonna uh -huh. get the girl's gonna get pregnant. That's what he literally this is his literal yeah. he, this is science to him in his mind. That's what he was taught by his parents. That mm -hmm. that uh if you if you violate the um 
not word of wisdom. The, What's the one the for law of chastity? Law of chastity. There you go. If you violate the law of chastity in any way, then you're gonna get necking, petting. That results in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. On like pregnancy out of wedlock. That's what he believed. And then his companion was a Filipino, and he would make him go to the bathroom with the door open and shower with the door open because his companion had told him that he would jerk off in the shower. So this uh-huh. kid, the kid from Utah, was like. Oh my gosh, Elder, that's a sin. You can't do that. You're destroying your soul. Like that's impure uh-huh. thought. And so he like took him to the mission president and told him he's like, yeah, my companion. He told me he admitted that he was masturbating. So I make uh, him shower with the door open and he wasn't oh allowed. Oh my gosh. The mission president's like, oh, first of all, you can't be, <laughs> you can't be well, doing, good you can't be doing that. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'll talk to your companion. This will be a dialogue between him and I. Thank you for bringing it to yeah. my attention. Yeah, be a dialogue between him and I. You do not need to, you know, watch the palms of his hands at all times to make sure they're not <laughs> touching themselves. But yeah, so like, I don't remember what the my point of <laughs> talking about that kid, but uh, oh well, be, meeting people like that also on my mission. So I started because yeah, that's the point I was saying. It was such a such a very concentrated version of LDS beliefs is the mm-hmm. people going out on missions. Uh, so then I started, my mindset started like, I started noticing kind of the gap in between that sort of mindset and mine. And then also there was no room for questions. If you're an elder, it's like, oh, we're supposed to go out there and preach this to people. We're not allowed mm-hmm. to have, we're not allowed to have questions about it. And especially to your, if you ask your companion, you're like, oh, have you ever thought about this? It's like, well, elder, maybe you just don't have enough faith. Or maybe yeah. you just, Elder, you maybe just what aren't. What sin are you trying to cover up? Yeah, what? Yeah, you're not trying hard enough, or you're trying too hard to cover up your sins, or you're letting you think you're letting down all those pioneers that died in the crossing the plains to to make that journey west. Like right now, you're you're just uh, disrespecting their sacrifices they made, Elder, because because you have a question about the Book of Mormon. <laughs> we, the answers are right there, Elder. Ask the Lord, pray about it. You know what I mean? So it's like turns everything mm-hmm. into like. Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm a sinful bastard. I'm a piece of shit. That's why I have these mm-hmm. questions. Uh, so, like dealing with people like that, <clears throat> then it, it kind of started building that wedge uh, in there for me. And I s- still, uh, and then even after I came back, so I came, I got sent home early. <laughs> Did mm-hmm. I tell you about for secret combinations? <laughs> I know that you went home early, but I didn't know it was. Uh, secret combination. Yeah, the, the mission president. So this is people cognitive misery, I feel like. People trying to simplify it to what they understand. <laughs> the mission president was like, so what had happened? What, so we eventually, we ended up, oh, I always tell the story and I forget to shout out my companion that I had. This So there's this dude, Bill Bill Squire. You can check him out. He's a comedian uh, and a, he does a, he's a radio, are they called this Joshi's disc? jockeys i think host uh-huh. but he's in ohio host, yeah. i can't remember what his um radio station he's with but he has a, a podcast and comedy uh, he, he's a stand-up comedian it's like i had mm-hmm. met him in uh i think he was like the a district leader so during the district leader meeting you know when they come in and all the elders come in like the district leader is like all right yeah. uh this is the news from the mission president and this is what our plan for action blah 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 like a little training yeah 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 and they give the yeah so it's like a yeah presentation and meeting and all that kind of stuff 
so in his like he was given his and when he got done <clears throat> this was before we became companions um but he was talking and i met i was like hey man it's like i don't know what if you have plans for when you uh after your mission but if your plans don't work out you should you should be a comedian and he's like oh that's actually my plan he's like yeah i want to do that and i'm working on it blah 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 uh -huh. and i was like oh shit. so he actually did it so I think that also means I probably he probably owes me like I don't know ten percent of all his whatever <laughs> whatever sales he's or yeah any you money. should go claim that his tickets yeah all of his ticket sales Bill I want fucking back pay for that but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no no but he so that so so this guy um, eventually we so long story short we end up we kind of take over the mission like me and him end up being companions even before that so I like. I ended up figuring out how to meet disobedient elders. And so we started what was like the secret signal. Well, that's the thing. We didn't, <laughs> there wasn't, there's, there wasn't like a secret handshake. There's no secret signal. It was kind of more I, like me being able, cause like I observe people and mm -hmm. kind of like in conversation, figuring out kind of like where our minds meet kind of thing. So I kind of had a nose for finding disobedient elders. And then mm -hmm. we would end up, it kind of like spiral, not spiraled, but so we kind of like would meet. And we didn't have secret signals or anything, but. Uh, well, I mean, for, like for me, when I'm trying to probe, you know, you just kind of like you, you slip in a few curse words, you make a few <laughs> edgy jokes, right? Yeah. You, you can kind of, you can, you can push the boundary a little bit and see how they react. Right, yeah, yeah, and see, like, oh, uh, what kind of movies did you watch when you were back home, or something? Uh -huh. That's like the easy, the easy one. I was like, oh, what movies did you watch when you're back home? And they're like, oh, this and that. And you're like, yeah, man, because during this time, I think the second Matrix, the Matrices movies were coming out. Uh huh. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm waiting. I can't wait to go home. And it sucks, I won't get to see the new Matrix movie in the theater. And uh -huh. then we kind of like, kind of circle around and be like, oh, like, would would they go see a movie or? Would they? Because at the time too, like we could buy pirated DVDs in the Philippines, so that was like a oh, big yeah. one. Was like watching movies. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of like the entry level. Something that is so normal on the yeah, outside or, world. or music. Be like, oh, mm -hmm. do you listen to music and blah blah. So that was kind of like the entry level was like music and movies, but eventually ended up like. <laughs> well, actually, no, Bill. I, I'm not snitching on him because he does have a bit. He does a bit where he talks about mm -hmm. being in the Philippines. Uh, he ends up getting a girlfriend him and this other kid um fuck i can't remember the dude's name but they're both they'd never really had a lot of luck in america with women mm -hmm. uh uh they're both you know we'll say portly dudes <laughs> uh -huh. there's a lot of them to love and so, but for you know every, shit for everybody but um they hadn't had a lot of i guess experience or success with females in america and then in the Philippines, it was like chicks were throwing themselves at them all the time. Yeah. So then they, they both they ended up getting girlfriends and it kind of went. It's. Uh, what's the word? I don't know. It, it went on from there. And uh -huh. uh, so after I got sent home and there's a ton, I could tell different a million, a ton of stories, um, funny stories <laughs> about that. But yeah, I, yeah, I got a ton of stories I can tell on you, Bill. He's the first person that I, uh, <laughs> when I realized the term hangry, <laughs> cause uh -huh. like I said, he's, 
He's a he's a portly fella. He's also the first dude. I saw him come out of the shower. He came he come out. You know, how women come out of the shower and they tie their towel yeah. uh, over their breasts like this. Yeah. He he would come out of the shower like that with <laughs> a thing around his head and like Q-tips in his ears. Like <laughs> I was like, why do you wear your towel like that? And he's like, gotta cover my tits, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> But he, so we went one time, we were trying to get money. My mom had sent me Western Union money. So we're going uh -huh. to the, the bank trying to get it, but the bank closed and the guy wouldn't let us in there. And he like, <clears throat> like we went to like two different places and it was like a pain in the ass. And then he ends up like cursing out the dude. He was like, Puta like fuck you in Tagalog to the, the guy that uh -huh. wouldn't let us in the bank. So then we turn around and we just leave. He's like, takes storming off. He's like, and then he turns around and he's storming off right like what like speed walking so i'm following him and uh -huh. we like, have to go back to the house and i was like oh, all right man yeah i guess well which um because then we the fill you take jeepneys they're like these long uh jeep bus bus things public transportation okay. so we had to like catch a bunch of different ones to get back all the way back to our house so yeah. it was a whole hassle um and i was like all right uh which one should we take to get back and he was like, we're not getting on the bus right now. And he's just like, March, he's like pissed. He's like huffing, he's like, <sighs> breathing like that. And I was like, uh, uh -huh. and I was like, oh, she looks like he's going to beat someone up. I was like, uh, well, what do, what do you want to do, man? And he's like, I'm going to eat something first. He's <laughs> 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 so angry. He's like, no, man, I got to eat something first. So then we went, we went to the subway and we sat in subway and he got a foot long and he just ate his foot log and then he chilled out. Uh -huh. <laughs> but he was... That was the first like person I was like, oh, he's hangry. Like, and then whenever he would get upset, and then we'd have we'd have to go eat. He's like, no, 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 I gotta eat before I deal with this. Dude, I get hangry. Oh yeah, yeah. Legit. Oh, for sure. I forget to eat and then it'll uh then I get all pissed off and short tempered. Uh-huh. You're like, why fault. am I so pissed? You're like, oh yeah. Uh, I, didn't I probably just need to eat some food. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Bill Squire, check him out. He has some good, some good bits. And then he he talked. He has some good, uh, like former ex Mormon bits too in there. Uh, oh, uh huh, yeah. But uh, I'll oh, check him out. Um, oh yeah. So I, my story's getting long. So I guess fast forward. I came home, and there was a time. So I was helping out my bishop. Uh, so I had come home early. You know, the, all the shame mm -hmm. associated with that. Everyone's like, "Oh, hi, you're you're you're." back for, has it been two years already like, uh -huh. <laughs> like no no it hasn't uh, so it's already weird <laughs> and like coming back and then going to church like in the ward and everyone's like mm -hmm. oh because you know they put your all the uh uh missionaries the pictures that, yeah your mi pictures on the wall it's like serving in this mission from this year to this year but it's like mm -hmm. they're like oh it's not 2006 yet well what are you doing here yeah <clears throat> you failed yeah, you failed. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'm a failure. So, oh, so then I would do, I was helping my bishop. Uh, I would go to his house and do like um, yard work and stuff like that mm -hmm. for him. And like, he was like a, a, an attorney. So he had like his home office and his family moved. So I helped him move his house and I would uh -huh. like go over in the mornings and do whatever, help with him. And I, th I think my dad yeah. gave me like gas money. So that was kind of like my recovery period from coming back my dad was that was your cool probation about yeah it's like my dad was like all right well just stay home all you have to worry about is going to church uh don't worry like if you go help the bishop i'll pay for your gas and i, I stayed with my parents so it's like uh -huh. i didn't have to worry about expenses and stuff 
as long as yeah. I was like going to church and then my like job was to help out the bishop. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the bishop and I were kind of like, we didn't, have, we didn't have like deep com we didn't, but we were like cool like with each other. Like I had a feeling like, even though I'd got sent home, he wasn't judging me and he had like mm -hmm. a, a level of respect for me. And he saw that I was working like that. I had good intentions as a person in general. Yeah. Like I helped mm -hmm. him move his family. Like I moved, uh, like yeah, his kids or whatever. Like I literally like moved drawers of their clothing. You know what I mean? Like, so it was yeah. like, I was in his house and stuff all the time. <clears throat> and then at one point I was like, you know what? I have all these thoughts that are kind of like counter to the, you know, church beliefs. And I've also done some things. Uh, and then especially after I came back, <laughs> I did some things. Mm -hmm. And so then I went and I talked to him about it. And I was like, you know what? I feel like he's, you know, cooler. Like I haven't felt judged him being judgmental to me about uh, getting sent home early. And then I think, cause I got this fellowshiped when I got sent home. Uh, uh -huh. So then like he was working with me on like, uh, being, and disfellowship means that you can't like participate in church right there's, well, like, this public, there's this public badge of shame that you wear right, right. so you can't uh i wasn't allowed to pass sacrament or take partake of sacrament which is huge because if you're in sacrament meeting everyone's in there you know they take their bread in their water everyone sees mm -hmm. like when they pass it to you and you're like you have, have to like wave it off like, or or take it in, big yeah <laughs> it's like i'm uh, hello, I'm piece of shit, guys. I can't take the sacrament. And then I <laughs> everybody, yeah. right here, the piece, piece of shit, right here, guys. Like, so everyone, hey. everybody sees it. And then uh -huh. I also yep. can't. You can't also like say a prayer. So uh, like if you know at the end of every meeting or the beginning, like they have the like brother, invo invocation and the benediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like yeah, yeah. Would you? Would you? And I'm like, oh, I, uh, I can't, can't do that. So it's like, yeah, scarlet letter all around. But mm -hmm. the bishop, he he hadn't, I didn't get the feeling of like judgment from him. So it was like a big deal for me, I think, or it feels like. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, okay, I can be open with them and go and tell them all the stuff that's actually in my head and stuff mm -hmm. that I've done, like, especially since I've been home. Cause I was just like, man, fuck it kind of. Yeah. And uh, so then I told him and he was kind of like taken aback. And the way he looked at me, I felt like, he didn't understand the words that I was saying. I was like, yeah, I've done this. I've done like named all my sins. And he was like, oh, and, and it was like, it seemed like he couldn't even comprehend the things that I was telling him that I did or, and the things mm -hmm. that I thought about. And then he's like, okay, well. And to be clear, these, these are sins that are normal behaviors by for, for everybody else. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't murder or anything yeah. like that. It was all like, sex and substances i had to do with oh mm -hmm. sex and substances uh maybe fist fights but I, I never felt bad about it i grew up in a house where it was okay like <laughs> i was allowed to get in fights and if someone attacked me like if i didn't defend myself then my dad would have got mad at me mm -hmm. um yeah. or if i saw somebody else being bullied and i didn't defend them then i would have gotten in trouble so like violence yeah. wasn't was has never been a, a like a shame thing for me uh or source of shame for my family like if it's uh as long as it's not being a bully yeah um like I'm not saying violent, just general violence, but I mean, I was my dad's a combat vet, marine, so all that's okay. But like substances and sex, oh, it's mm -hmm. like, oh my, you are the dirtiest piece of shit ever. So I'm yeah. telling the bishop this, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of like he was just like, oh, okay. And then he gave me <clears throat> some scriptures, scripture verses about uh, forgiveness, 
and repentance. Uh-huh. So he's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, read these scriptures about forgiveness and repentance, uh, pray on them, and then come back and and tell me what you think, how you feel about it, or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was like at that point where I was like, where I just let like laid my soul bare to him. And it was mm-hmm. a guy that I respected and I thought he kind of respected me as a person, not as like a, a sinner kind of, but it was like yeah. in that moment, it's like kind of switched where I felt like the way he was looking at me was, oh, this kid is a sinner. Uh, he, <laughs> he is all the things that people are looking at him as. And mm-hmm. on top of that, it was also like, I was this terrible thing, but at the same time, it didn't matter to him because it was like his answer was, oh, read these scripture verses and pray about yeah. it. And like that was it. And I was like, oh, well, I just told you all these things that I'm like, like my whole life I've been afraid. If I do them, I'm I'm not going to be in heaven. I used to have nightmares about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I used to have uh-huh. nightmares that the sky like turned dark and then there was like a light and then i saw him descending from the heavens i'm like no uh-huh. i'm not ready i haven't repented i'm a sinner like i would I wake still up have those things yeah <laughs> their souls are still attached to my soul and i would wake up <laughs> soaked in sweat uh-huh it's like as a child and as a teenager and even yeah. up until early 20s i would wake up in cold soaking sweats because i had dreamed that I, I hadn't been prepared for the, the second coming of jesus christ so that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking when I tell the bishop this stuff. But then he's just kind of like, he's kind of flippant about the actual sins, like the 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 things, the actions that I had done. He's kind of flippant about those, like like kind of like, oh well, I guess the answer to that is just read these scriptures. But yeah. it was, but then he, on the other hand, he was still like, oh okay, I guess this is the answer. Read the scriptures, blah. But ooh, like so he's like looking at me like I'm this terrible thing, but the actions don't really matter, kind of, is how I took it. So I was like, Mm -hmm. this whole universe and world that had been built in my head about, you have to follow these rules very specifically, or, you know, eternal damnation, all these, like, all this ruckus my whole life that people have been making about all the things that I hadn't done that I thought about. It's like, kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like they, it, like it was like they, you know, breaking the fourth wall, kind of where it's like, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is kind of all just pageantry, is like how I took it, where it's yeah. like, oh, oh, we're not operating on actual science, like religious science. This, these are all really only just ideas. So for me, I think in that moment is when it turned to me from, like, looking at uh, all the teachings and the the world I've been brought up to believe in, like seeing it as you know like actual like you know looking at religion as like theory of physics kind of mm-hmm. like looking at it as like a real thing it's switching in my mind to like oh no this is these are just ideas this isn't a real thing this is just yeah stuff that all the all of us have been telling each other it's not a there's there's no real tether to actual reality this is these these are all concepts these are all ideas that we're passing off as science to each other and i think that was like the real big switch for me where I kind of was like, oh, you know what? I guess uh, not coming back to church then. <laughs> that, that was like the breaking point is where yeah. you were like, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to confess yeah. all of these things that I, like, I worry have put my eternal soul at risk. Right. And then 
you were trying to be very real with your bishop and you thought that he cared about you as a person. Right. And then he just kind of like disengaged and was like, I don't, it sounds like you felt like he just dismissed you. Yeah. Like, no, for oh, sure. you're, you're just a disgusting person. And I guess maybe you could try reading the scriptures, but you're probably beyond saving anyway. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But, and then also, yeah. you know, I have to say that's, of course, all that, that's just dialogue that's in my head. Um, but at the same time, I did feel like he's, cause like I said, after I was like every morning going to his house and helping him do his stuff. And then after that point, he kind of, uh, like, like kid gloved me, like white gloved me. Like after that, he, uh, stopped doing like he, we didn't have those same interactions anymore. So it was kind of yeah. like, he kind of like distanced himself from, from me. Mm. So I was like. All right, so if I can't be 100% honest and like if the result of me being completely open and vulnerable and not just repeating things because I feel like that's mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to do, if me just being completely open means that I'm just shifted into this other bucket of of people, then I was like, then what's, there's, there's no point of it to me anymore. It's like, it's not, we're not operating on, you know, mutual levels of, kind of respect and understanding we're just it's it's like now we're divided into oh you're on the inside or you're on the outside and at mm -hmm. that point i felt like so oh, i'm on the outside and i don't have the same value that i had when i was playing along to be on the inside so i was like oh well, this whole then why am i gonna work so hard at, at at uh fulfilling like fulfilling these <clears throat> ideas for people that aren't aren't trying to you know what I mean? Trying to, it's like, it's a, it's one way traffic, I guess. Yeah. So why, why, why do I want to participate in this one way traffic? And I mean, I think for me, I, I feel like one of the biggest downsides for Mormonism and why I just can't really be in it, even though sometimes I'm like, could I make it work? Like, the, it seems like the system is more important than the people in it. Yeah. Like, more important that people do certain... There, there are people exhibiting certain behaviors because those behaviors are good. It's not like, oh, are people happy when they do those behaviors? And then, oh, that makes sense. But it's, it's like backwards. It's like everybody has to do these behaviors because that's how you get happy. And yeah. then if somebody's like, hey, I'm yeah. not really happy... They're like, no, well, there's something wrong with you because yeah, everybody's happy when they do these behaviors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. That sums up, like, how I felt about it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. For, for me, in my experience, I definitely relate to that feeling, feeling like it's that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... It's interesting because I feel like I grew up in a hardcore Mormon household. I mean, just on average, Mormons are more hardcore than oh, the yeah. average other religious Christian oh, for person. Sure. But, you know, I feel like I was even in a hardcore Mormon household. And like when you were talking about your dad making, enforcing this Mormon utopia, right? Yeah. 
he's doing it because he believe he's he's bought into the story that you're most happy yeah when you're following the when you're living according to the mormon church's guidelines right and and, and for happy. him i do believe for him that's true mm -hmm. uh not to cut you off but yeah i think for, oh, yeah i think for him yeah he absolutely believes that's true and he does feel fulfilled and happy so he feels like uh I, he's all the things that he's doing all his happiness is derived from the way he's living his life so if mm -hmm. he, if if he's getting that happiness he wants other people to feel that same so he's well intentioned the only thing yeah. is not everybody we, we're not all the same and we can't all we don't we're not all we don't all fit into such tight well-defined boxes that Mm -hmm. the same thing works for all people and just because just like me like i like watching combat sports some people watch and they're like oh that's disgusting i can't believe it some people love watching football like that is the mm -hmm. highlight of their week is to watch football on saturday and sunday for me i'm like i don't i don't need that and it would kind of take away from my life to be forced to watch a sport every saturday and sunday that i'm not interested yeah. in but that yeah. doesn't mean that it, there's no value to that sport I get it. It's it's in, for each individual. They derive their own mm -hmm. value out of it. So I don't know. I feel like I, I didn't mean to. I feel like I hijacked no, what but, you were saying. No, it, it it's that idea that you know, there's. I think to be a healthy human and to have healthy relationships, you have to have some flexibility. Right. But when you were talking about your dad, like I feel like my parents, you know they were so strict because they thought that was going to make all their kids happy. Right. And I've kind of, I mean, when you were laughing, when you were telling your story and I was laughing, I mean, I was laughing because <laughs> I've kind of lived it. I, I laughed to too. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. It's so crazy. And when you're a kid in that situation, it can be harmful. And like, I did sustain like some psychological trauma from trying to be perfect. Mm. and like trying to live up to an ideal that really wasn't healthy mm. but some of my siblings you know they still carry some anger towards my parents where and and i carried anger towards my parents for a while but you know as an adult i kind of and as a parent myself now mm. i kind of realized how hard it is to be a parent and yeah you, know, yeah. you do your best <laughs> we're all fucking it up. Yeah. up yep so I, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm going to have a, a conversation with my parents and, you know, just talk about it a little bit. And, you know, everything wasn't resolved, but I at least kind of talked about it. And I was like, I was like able to forgive my parents. Yeah. No, that. Because I so, think they were doing their best. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. for them, it did work. Right. Yeah. I can see, I can see that. And I, uh, yeah, and in case it sounds like I'm talking shit on my dad, I'm not. Because he's definitely, I got, I got, I won the lottery as far as I'm concerned with my dad, ended up being my dad. And I haven't been able to have that conversation with him that you're talking about. Because he's, he's still, <clears throat> everyone, he's still, like in the family group chat, he sends out like religious stuff all the time. He's always sends me stuff. Mm -hmm. But I look at it, I know he's doing it from a well-intentioned place. I, I never feel like he's uh because you know some people with religion they're like well you know jesus says or G and if if jesus was doing this this is what he would want you to do like i i never feel like my dad's doing that i feel like he, he mm -hmm. usually is pretty 
objective about like uh he'll present like he's like oh i just uh there was just a one of the uh general authorities gave a talk on this and this is the value i find in it and how i apply it to my life like he'll, he does that all the time yeah and like one of my little brothers he's like stop sending me all this fucking mormon propaganda <laughs> like he got <laughs> he got pissed like my little brothers he, he put that in the group chat yeah like i'm so for me it's so weird too for me because i'm the oldest and i so I think I was always felt like I was working to justify my place in the family that I actually belonged. So I was always, uh-huh. I, I, I still, even as an, as I'm almost, I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30. And I still uh, have like this kind of like way of interacting with my parents where they're still like, it's like I'm a child and they're an adult still. Mm-hmm. But my little yeah. brother, my little brother, <laughs> I'm jealous of them because it's like, my little brothers are exactly who they want to be. Like, well, I have one brother. He, he didn't go on mission. He left the house, and he's uh-huh. like, he did not. He's like, he's like, this Mormon, this Mormon stuff is bullshit. And he, he'll bring up stuff. He'll be like, Hey, did you know that? How about Joseph Smith owning slaves or Brigham Young uh-huh. like having my uh, minor wives or whatever? Like, bring this stuff up. And so he's like, All right, well, if you don't like to hear that from me, then stop pushing your Mormon propaganda <laughs> at me. And yeah. like, I don't feel like I could ever be that <laughs> bold, uh-huh. but at the same time, I struggle. Cause I'm like, I, I'm afraid that I'll have a relationship like that with my kids. Like, I don't want, I wouldn't never want any of my kids to feel like they weren't able to be them. Like, say if I had like a, like for whatever reason, like if I had a kid that came out and they're like, oh yeah, I'm gay. I'm like, all right, cool. Whatever that means for uh-huh. you, do it. I don't care. Like, I would never want them to feel like, oh, my dad's going to be disappointed if I tell him I'm a, a vegan or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever like, All it right, is. Maybe I think that's stupid. Yeah, but in the end, you're the one that's got to, you know, live with you however you're living your life. It's not about me. So that dynamic, when I look at my relationship with my parents, I still haven't had that conversation with my dad about like, I, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... It's a I mean, level I of cowardice I and awkward, aw- aw- being awkward to be like, and also it wasn't really deep. Like yeah. we didn't, we didn't go deep, but it was just like, you know, I kind of, I've kind of been carrying around some anger and this is a little bit about it. And my parents mm-hmm. were like, yeah, I mean, we're not perfect. We did our best. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if we did those things and they hurt you. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I would expect from my parents. Cause I'm like, like, I'm like, Oh, I wish my parents would do this or that. But I'm like, you know, they're their own people. Yeah. There's Same, a lot yeah. of great things yep. that I've gotten from them. They taught me a lot of really important things. Like oh, we have sure. a decent yeah. relationship. It's like, why am I pining? for some perfect thing that never was. Right. Right? Whose parents are perfect. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think there's 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 probably no... Yeah, there's no perfect way to do it. And all kids are going to... I think every kid is going to have issues with some way, in w- some way that they were raised. Either they're going to be like, oh, my parents gave me too many restrictions, or they're like, oh, my parents were completely hands-off mm-hmm. and they didn't give me any limits. So it's kind of yeah. like we're gonna com- we're gonna be complain about whatever format it is. So 
and, I've and heard that's the thing complain with my, that way too. Yeah, my parents and, were. They should have pushed me harder. They should have put more restrictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've heard both because like some people have told me like, like, oh, I wish I had had strict parents like you or whatever. I'm like, I don't know, but <laughs> I think it, I think it also comes down kind of to like in intent. And I've always, mm-hmm. yeah. my entire life, I've never felt like anything my dad did was ill. And he always had the best intentions. And he's yeah. always been his most, op- his his greatest idea, his own greatest idea of being open-minded. Like I know he's, I, I feel like he's always, even though most of my life, he's had very conservative ideas about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And later in his life, now that he's getting old, he's, he's, there's a lot, a lot of things that he's kind of been become more liberal about, uh, especially like with with people, kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in his mindset, he, his intention going into everything is like he wants the best for everyone, and he wants to be able to participate or contribute or help people that he cares about or people in general, and and having the best and the most that they can. And he's been very successful at everything he does, and he's very successful in his retirement. Um, so yeah. he, he wants, so he, he has in his own mind, he's like, yeah, this is the stuff that I did. And I believe this is how I got here. He grew up, he, he's come a f- long ways from growing up a little, a barefoot kid in fucking Palestine, Texas. Uh, so he's come like, a, you know what I mean? He wasn't born into yeah. means and money. He's worked for everything that he's gotten. Uh, and he wants other people to be able to do the same. So I know that, Everything he's he's he has the best intentions for everybody, and uh, so that's part of me. Like looking back and growing up, like I I don't look back and be like, oh, my dad was just trying to fuck me over. It's being a dick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I know everything he did was with the best intention. Even though you know some of it ended up, I uh, still carry it around in my head and shit that I have to work out. And maybe that's why I talked to. Yeah. <laughs> I put I published videos of me talking about personal stuff. But like I said, he, he does the best he can. And then I know it's going to be the same with my kids. They're going to be like, sure, when I grow up, they're going to be like, you know what? This really bugs me when you, I'm not going to have done everything perfect. But yeah, of course. I feel like as, I'm, as long as I can look back and say, like, honestly, that I was like, well, I was d- doing the best that I could with the information that I had at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my goal for my kids. Yeah. Like, I was doing my best. Yeah. I, di- I didn't completely screw up. I'm yeah. sure I screwed up, but. Yeah. And then, oh, it's, yeah. Good luck with your kids. Because I feel like <laughs> kids are always the best revenge for parents. Like, grand grandkids are the best, <laughs> are the best revenge. Because there's, like, so many times, like, like, with my daughter, I'll look at her and I'll be like, damn, like, I see. I was like, that's me. It's like uh-huh. now I see what my parents were dealing with, and they're like, "All right, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Okay." It's like more yeah. and more, like every year, there's like more and more things where I'm like, "Fuck, my dad was right. That son of a bitch." Like it's, <laughs> as as much as I've railed against it growing up as a kid, there's like certain things where I'm like, "That motherfucker was right." And I'm like, "Gosh, damn it!" I'm like so angry at him for for it would be so much easier if I could. I like, be like how you, I like how you just said, "Gosh, right. damn it." Oh, did I? Yeah, see? I did. It's so I like, I'll say, gosh damn, motherfucker. Like, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) But yeah, so it's still, yeah, it's still ingrained in my head. And I'm, but um, I definitely, I'm glad. I think 
I can't imagine if I'd grown up not in the church without any restrictions. Like if I was just like, I don't know, it's probably good that I didn't get a, a wayward until after I was an adult. So, but who knows, you know, hindsight's 2020. We, yeah. we are who we are. We're, we're at where we're at. So exactly but i am i am and grateful you gotta work with Dad, what you have if you ever see this i am grateful to you so <laughs> uh did i answer your i forgot your last that was a long tangent for uh oh yeah my brain yeah, where kind of where i my mindset i made that switch in my own mind yeah we didn't even get to talk about epstein but <laughs> oh yeah where are we where Oh damn! I probably we're at three hours and ten minutes. No, we're not. Yeah, we are three hours and oh. nine minutes. Uh oh. <laughs> I think I mean longer it, than I expected. <laughs> yeah, usually I come, I shoot for an hour, and then I'm like, as long as we hit an hour, and then we'll cut it off wherever. But um, <laughs> I don't know. This is probably we probably should have, cut it off. Yeah, unless you have something else, uh, we can cut off. I mean, I feel like we could do a whole series of conversations like this. But yeah, you're real easy to talk to. It was to. good to talk to you about about Mormonism because we had kind of touched it before, but yeah, no, I appreciate. It. And it also, I think I like because it gave me a chance. Selfishly, I've been able to work out. I think a couple things in my head talking to you about this because it's a it's a very niche kind of group of people to be able to talk about this with any level of understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I appreciate. It. Thank you. Uh, this is like three hours of therapy for me, so. <laughs> no, thank you. But uh, yeah, if you, if, if maybe we'll do this again another time, I'd love to. I feel like we could talk about anything, any topic or whatever you want. Is there anything you got going on that you want to shout out or talk about or? Oh, no. I, you know, I'm really impressed when you're doing this creative thing my brothers have done a few creative things like writing books or oh, making nice. music or whatever, but um, I don't know, at some point maybe. Right now I'm, you know, talking about anxiety. I don't, it's hard to put yourself out there, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. But more power to you. Oh, thank you. Maybe yeah. one day for me. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll definitely, I feel like I'd have you on all the time because these are, I enjoy these conversations we have and it, like i said it helps me work stuff out and hopefully maybe there's somebody else that uh are similar or maybe people can uh watch or listen and uh, kind of work out stuff for themselves or come up with you know similar ideas but yeah i mean i think i feel like for me just podcasts and and blogs yeah just hearing that other people actually have had those same experiences or had similar thoughts it's pretty liberating. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good to not to 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 feel okay with not not being something that uh we were told to be for a long time. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, man. Uh well that's it. Yeah, thanks again. Uh yeah, I'll thank let you. you know when I put it out. And hey, take care of the family and uh hopefully we'll get to do some fishing whenever all the restrictions light up or do some fishing. Yeah, definitely. I would love that. All right. Well, okay. Yep. Take care. Yes. Bye. Bye.